Producers without a clue. Seriously? That's what they call animation nowadays? How do you even sell a show? What the hell is a production packet? Oh yeah, it's gonna be animated. It's gonna be real cool. Wait, who's animating this thing? You've gotta believe in your own ideas. Everyone is pitching ideas! What do you have to join the Illuminati? We just have to do it our way! Animation has warped my sense of reality. I didn't tell him to draw that! <laughs> oh, it's all about the demographic. All right, well, episode four of Producers Without a Clue. Uh, I'm here with Michael Cook, creator of Chucky Chicken, co-founder of Valley Studios, and we're about to get into it. And I'm here with Brian Finley, the creator of Dusty and Mimsy, and uh, also the co-founder of of, uh, of Brian Finley Studios. So, animator... Sort of. <laughs> almost. Almost, Mimsy and Dusty and uh, Finley Studios is what did uh, I say? defunct. Dusty and Mimsy. Oh, Mimsy gets top billing. Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> she's she's a diva. Oh, Hello. of course. You're right. My apologies. <laughs> no, it's all good, man. It's all good. Animation news for this week, uh, the week of December 1st, 2020. Um, as if things couldn't get bad uh, enough in 2020, uh, DuckTales has officially been canceled. Yeah. Which, yeah. to me, is... But canceled after three seasons, which tends to be sort of the... You know, it's expected around third season. Yeah, that's that's true. And, you know, to be honest, again, as someone who grew up watching the original DuckTales show and... I think it's a good time to to go ahead and put a a cap in it. I think what they should do with the if they if they do decide to bring it back, they should go along the lines of um, there's this new show on Disney Plus called The Legend of the Three Caballeros. Have you seen that? Yeah, yeah. Um, I've heard of it. I haven't seen it. It is an amazing show. So basically. Okay. Um, Tony Anselmo, who is the current voice of Donald Duck, talks about... I'm going to Google it while you're talking. Go for it. Tony Anselmo, the current voice of Donald Duck, talks a lot about the legacy of the characters. And that's what's one thing that he is all about, maintaining the legacy of the classic Disney characters. Um, Because a lot of producers and directors and showrunners coming in today oh that one yes okay yes i'm very aware of that i thought it was you meant a new show no 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 i've i've watched this show i love this show so much it makes me all sorts of happy i (laughs) that's fantastic this is this is a legacy show uh you know and Samo did this amazing interview uh, earlier this year talking about uh, the, the show. And he's like, this is because he does the DuckTales stuff and they do their thing with DuckTales. And they were like, you know, we're going to take it. We're going to make it closer to the Carl Banks uh, comic strip mixed in with the old show. But we're going to do our old thing. We're going to spice it up in the 2020s. This mm-hmm. show is straight up classic Disney magic. It looks like the old uh, Disney afternoon shows. It feels like those shows. Um, the animation, it is a little updated. It is a little quote unquote computer-y if you look really, really close. 
but it's Donald. Yeah, it, you can tell they've done it in Tune Boom. Yes, they use rigs. Yeah. Um, which again, I'm not a big fan of using rigs, but I know it's kind of the the norm for today's animation. But the writing is hilarious. They reference not just the classic 1940s uh, film, but they also yeah. reference you know a lot of stuff from the 1940s and 50s. Uh, they they do a really really good job maintaining the legacy of Donald Duck and you know the three caballeros. There's a lot of references to the movie. There's a lot of references to Donald in general. Scrooge makes a cameo appearance, a little quick guest appearance with his money bin, which is a very fun little gag. Um, it's written extraordinarily well, and I'm I was going into it like okay, I really hope that they they do it right, you know? Mm -hmm. They nailed it with the three caballeros. With the new DuckTales, I never could get into it. I tried really, really hard, and everyone I've talked to is like, oh, you'd love it. You know, it's it's new, but Yeah, you know, and I'm so relieved to, to hear you say that because <laughs> I thought I was going to have to keep quiet about it. <laughs> but I have to admit, I was not a fan of the style of it and so i didn't give it a shot um there are a lot of shows that have done that they they go for this really weird updated style like she-ra yeah. um uh well thundercats is a very famous example that that's yeah. way in the extreme that was right? canceled as well uh, which is which is a yeah, good thing but, <clears throat> <laughs> But uh, yes, it was uh, DuckTales and uh, the, the new Darkwing Duck as well. But I'm chalking it up to I'm a product of my childhood. Mm -hmm. um, so I would say the flip side of it is true that if I showed my daughter or my, my kids what I grew up on, they would probably gravitate towards the newer stuff. Mm-hmm because it's more in their uh, zeitgeist of right. pop culture and that type of thing. Right. Um, and it's funny because I have two nieces and they're, they're going to be two in January and they love frozen and they love Olaf mm -hmm. and I can't stand frozen and I despise, <laughs> but I can do, I'm I can do, the, <laughs> you know what? You can call me a hater all you want, but that is just the tangled Christmas special. That is all frozen. <laughs> I'm calling it. I've called it for years. That is all that I've seen it as. So and the shorts are despicable. I saw the the sequel. That was okay. I mean, the sequel was fine. You know, um, at least you know. The only reason why I like that show is because there was a scene uh, where Anna or Elsa, pardon me, don't ever get those two mixed up. Um, Elsa is going through all of her memories in the snow, and there's one of her singing "Let It Go." She's like, "Ooh." <laughs> Like, even she's aware. Oh, that is so <laughs> overdone. That is so 2013, whatever the hell that yeah. movie came out. Yeah, yeah, Um, But um, I really, you know, anyway, to get back to what we were talking about. So I'm looking forward to when they get older to show them the classic DuckTales. They love old school Mickey Mouse, which does my heart good, you know. Um, yeah. I can't wait for them to fall in love with Jasmine and Belle and Ariel and the, you know, the now classic 
Disney princesses. I mean, when I was a kid, you know, Sleeping Beauty and Cinderella and Snow White were considered the classics. Now there's more princesses that you can shake a magic wand at. Um, yeah. But uh, and yes, the pun is entirely intended. Um, <laughs> but um, but to get back to DuckTales, I never felt. And again, I grew up with the show. When Wayne, uh, not when Wayne all went, well, when he died, Mickey died, but in my opinion, but when Alan Young passed away in 2016, I think Scrooge McDuck passed away with him, to be honest with you. I have yet to find somebody who is able to capture the magic of that old miser. He was Scrooge mm -hmm. McDuck for 33 years at that point. He uh, he reinvented that character. You know, Rusie Taylor yeah. passed away last year in 2019. She was Huey, Dewey, and Louie and Webigail. Um, and June Foray, who was, you know, Magicka Dispel, Mob Beagle. Um, we also lost Chuck uh, McCann, who was um, a Duckworth and the majority of the Beagle Boys. Um, so a lot of those guys who were the voice, I mean, we, um, Hal Smith, who is gyro gear loose and just, you know, an amazing voice actor. It's true what they say that like a character is not just his design, but it's the, the voice, it's the writing of the shows. And I think yeah. once you take that away and you seep out what makes it special and you try and inject it with today's culture. I mean, there's nothing wrong with trying to make something woke, you know, but make something new and make that woke. Don't take DuckTales, you know, don't, don't do that. Ooh, you're on, uh, you're, you're being brave. Yeah. So brave. <laughs> somebody's got, um, somebody's got to be, you know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, or is that your word for saying "shut up, Mike"? We don't want to get in trouble. <laughs> no, listen. I mean, you're 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 a grown ass man. Hold on, let me say, say whatever you want to say. Uh, just uh, the following the, the following. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, oh, I'm so gonna get my daughter to record that. <laughs> yeah, right before this episode, it's definitely happening. There you go. Um, it's just funny. Oh, um, no, I think you're right, but I, you know. There's something that happens to people from 30 plus where if it doesn't line up with what they grew up with, it's really hard for them to buy into it. And it becomes crap or an unsatisfactory attempt at something. Right. Um, and I think you and I are of that time. We are just, we were, yeah, you know, we're 80s, 90s kids. You know, that's, yeah, that's what yeah, we grew for up sure. with. I mean, I'm sure it's yeah. the same thing when somebody who grew up in the 60s and 70s saw the Dudley Do-Right movies or saw the Smurfs movies or saw the Chipmunks and they looked at it and said, what the hell is that? You know, I give. Yeah, probably. I give a pass to the Chipmunks only because the creators, uh, the Bagdasarians are still involved and they greenlit the entire thing. And they're they're still doing chipmunk mm -hmm. stuff, which is amazing to me. So they they get a pass. Like if that's what the creators wanted, that's their vision. Okay, that's cool. Yeah, I'm all right with that. Yeah, you know. But then I, yeah, I think, if it's yeah. authentic, right. but there's something about 
large corporation. Mm-hmm. Again, I mean, I. We could do two hours. Disney. <laughs> well, with, I mean, Disney is just they're they're like a cow chewing the cud, you know. Yeah, they're just instead of taking a fresh bite. They'll just chew that same concept over and over and over. And we, the people, are responsible for that because we keep buying into it. Mm-hmm. So until until the audience says, okay, you know what? You've got enough money. Uh, instead of buying up the planet, give me an original something. What? The Mandalorian is a blessing. Because it's an original take on a pre-existing property. Mm-hmm. It's a whole new um, what if. Right. And I love that. I love that. And I think the audience that is fanatical about it, that's what they appreciate. Yes. You know? 100%. So. I, I think I, I 100 but Actually, it's funny because me and my, <coughs> my friend Aaron were talking about this earlier today. You know, there was this huge, if you look at the timeline of Disney and you think of like where they've come from, from when the company started in 1923, all the way to Mm -hmm. almost a hundred years later, you have this amazing growth with Walt Disney, you know, from 23 all the way to his passing in 66. But then after he passed away, they just kind of plateaued thinking, okay, what would Walt do? Oh, he'd do exactly what he did at this point in time. So then for the next 10, 15 years, they plateaued, went down in 1983 because they didn't do anything. 1984, all the, the corporate shakeup and everything. And so guess what happens? Oh, now we're going back up again. Disney is higher in the 90s than they've been in their entire existence. Michael Eisner gets yeah. ousted because he makes a lot of stupid decisions. And then we get Bob Iger. What does Bob do with that creativity? Oh, you know what? We're going to go ahead. We're going to buy Marvel. Oh, we're going to go ahead and buy Star Wars. Oh, we're going to go ahead and buy Fox. And now here they are, even lower than when they started. And then, yeah. you know, and I I know that their initial intent was, okay, we're going to buy these properties. We're going to do something with it. You know, we're going to put them in the parks. We're going to come out with new things. We're going to try. And we got Disney Plus. We're looking forward to that. And then, of course, the pandemic hit and nothing's been the same. I mean, I'm not going to blame them for the pandemic. What I am going to blame them for is what it's been six, it's been almost 10 months since the pandemic started. Okay. Mm-hmm. Give us something. Mandalorian, like you said, fantastic. Okay. Why are you messing around with garbage live action remakes? Okay. Why are you still? Well, you know, the one people want. The property people want one of a handful that they actually want to see a rebirth on is gargoyles. Gargoyles, okay. Yeah. I yeah. There, there's a big, uh, a big desire out there for some sort of rebirth or continuation of gargoyles mm-hmm. from where it left off. Now, gargoyles was way ahead of its time. Oh, way ahead. Uh, in that was like terms the, yeah. with for Disney, it I mean, like the, it, it was, was dark. Batman. It was their Batman. This oh yeah, what it was. yeah. And some of the social issues written within the episodes mm-hmm. are things being dealt with today. 
discrimination, racism, all that kind of stuff, right? Very groundbreaking for a Saturday morning cartoon to jump into. Right. Um, but people, people are wanting that to come back in a way that is um, faithful to the original feel of it, right? But that's the thing. We now have people who are coming into this industry who have that mindset. Let's make it faithful. Let's go in and let's yeah. let's make it faithful, but give it a new take. But then along mm. the way, something happens and you get Teen Titans Go. Or you get... Okay, so... <laughs> <laughs> I'm just totally. saying. I am, I'm yeah, just totally. Saying. And you know what? That began, maybe you could say it began with Teen Titans Go, but what really pushed it over, this radical redesign of uh, itsy-bitsy, cutesy-wootsy kind of characters was the uh, redevelopment of My Little Pony. Mm-hmm. And the animator who's featured in uh, the Netflix special where they talk about toys and they interview her. And I'm hoping to get her on Drawn to a Podcast. And I don't blame her for this. She was approached because her uh, her design, she was a huge My Little Pony fan, like massive. And if I remember right, she she came up with designs that made the... The, well, whatever corporation owns My Little I Pony, it's, just sort. I believe it's Mattel, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. yeah. So it just made them fall in love with you know this new take on them, mm-hmm. and uh, it worked. And the audience, it worked with the audience too. And their audience was not us, not us that grew up with My Little Pony of the '80s. Right. It was, it was uh, the new five, six-year-olds, right? Okay. And it became massive. But I think that started this chain reaction of everything's got to be this radical, super cute uh, redesign on everything. And it just doesn't work. I mean, you take a show like friggin' Thundercats and you apply this bubbly, quasi-anime style to it. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I mean. Excuse me. Had a little resentment in my throat. <laughs> You're gonna get so much hate mail. <laughs> Bring it on! I don't care. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, there there are. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't make it wrong. It it's just it it shows that um, style preference has a a time. Like a well, shelf life. I, hang on right? one second. I'm like getting enveloped in darkness here. So let me turn on my lights okay. quickly. Hold on one sec. Okay. Yeah. You can see me now. <laughs> I can see you. Now. I also. How does my uh, audio sound? It's the new mic, You're, so it I, sounds fantastic, and it looks, yeah? looks okay. really cool too. I also wanted to show you this 
because tis the season, but my mom has had this for years and I was able to inherit it. It is a Looney Tunes Christmas tree. So it's got virtually pretty much every Looney Tunes character. On this, How fantastic is on that? On this tree. Wow. Yeah. That is they, great. And it's ceramic? Uh, I No, it, I, yeah, actually, I think it is ceramic or, uh, I believe ceramic, yeah. It wow. plays music. It doesn't play the merry-go-round broke down or merrily we roll along. It only plays Christmas tunes, but it's got everybody. It's got Daffy. It's got Bugs. It's got Pepe Le Pew. It's got Yosemite Sam. It's got Elmer Fudd, Petey Puma, Henry, mm-hmm. Henry Chicken Hawk. Petunia Pig, all you know, Granny, uh, Marvin the Martian, of course, Tweety Bird is up at the top. It's, it's my favorite character, by Tweety the way. Tweety Bird? Marvin the oh, Martian. Mine too. I love Marvin. He's my there. absolute favorite cartoon character, period. No kidding. I yeah. never knew that about you. So this is my Christmas yeah. tree this year until I can go out and get a new, a bigger tree, but... But that's, <laughs> that's my little awesome. Christmas tree. I love it. And then I got, you know, the the Mickey through the years ornaments that I put up on my tree every year as well. So very cool. Yeah. Um, very cool. But yeah, to kind of to go back and wrap that up real quick and then we can get to the meat of our conversation. Um, okay. I 100 percent agree with you. Um, I think that, if, you know, that's an argument we're constantly going to face. It's not made for you. It's made for kids. What the heck's your deal? What's your problem? Why? Well, our problem is we're super immature in our head. <laughs> and that's why people don't recognize, right. or, or maybe they do, but they don't, they don't fully appreciate it. We are the kids right. that were crowding around our TV on Saturday mornings. We are still those kids. And we're, we're, um, we're the kids with our little kids. <laughs> with our little yeah. Kids. And yeah. here's the thing, Hollywood. Oh, my God, it's Inception, man. <laughs> Here's the thing, Hollywood. <laughs> if we don't like what our kids are watching, our kids ain't watching it. Yeah, they well, know. I mean, that's true in a lot of sense. But uh, I, I, uh, to be honest, a lot of parents just shake their heads and go, oh, okay, whatever. What? You know, Have you seen – I mean, you can't trust what kids um, like, meaning that you can't trust the taste of today's kids. Okay, They watch – for hours on end, we'll watch other people play video games. Yeah, that ain't... What the hell is that? Well, here's the thing. I, as a gamer... My kids have Xbox. <laughs> they got Xbox. They got PlayStation. We're not a rich family, okay? We are blessed to be able to have these things. And they spend time on YouTube watching other people play video games, talking to the people, watching them play video games. Because it's like a hangout session, and I, I'll explain what I mean. But they don't talk to the kid. Like, they're not on the chat. They're just they're just zoned out watching. I will, I will say this. And sometimes they own the game. <laughs> right. And won't go play it. Well, I will say this, because I do enjoy, there are a few gaming channels that I do enjoy. The Game Grumps, for example, are one that I've watched for a really long time. Watching the Game Grumps, what they do is they don't just play the games, but they they talk with the audience. It's like a hangout session with them. Because right. like you're on the couch playing the game with them, and they make it entertaining. 
But here's the problem. Mm-hmm. If they're just watching somebody play the game, there's no commentary, you know, there's no there's nothing like that. That's a waste of time because yes, you can go yeah. play the game. You you don't need to watch a let's play unless you're stuck at a certain part of the game. If you're stuck at a certain part of the game, so, that's cool. Yeah. And I do that too. Yeah. If I can't get past a certain part, I'll go and I'll look up a reference of how somebody did it and then try to duplicate it. But I'm not spending hours. But I'm not bringing that point up as a way of putting people down who are maybe making a living doing that oh, as, are they as a, a content creator. They are making millions. No. Yeah. <laughs> I'm bringing it up as a, as a, a self-recognition of knowing that my finger is so not on the pulse of what's hip today. And that, I mean, look at what I do. You know, I brought back the 1930s and the 1990s in one fell swoop. You know, I'm horrified of what people are going to say. Now, thankfully, the majority of the comments that I've gotten on the Chucky Chicken channel, which, by the way, recently hit 360 subscribers. How great is that? Thank you very much, everybody. You you all yep. did that, so thank you. And I, I'm hoping by the end of 2020 we hit 400. I'll be happy, you know. So thank yep. you. You guys are fantastic. I love you all for that. Um, the majority of the comments I've gotten are, "Wow, this is just like the old school Looney Tunes. I love it. This is great." To be compared to Chuck Jones, to Frizz Freeling, to all those old timers with my cartoon. Yep. It just warms my heart. I'm like, oh my goodness! Like I was going for up iWorks. I got Chuck Jones. You know, like I'll take it. That's fine. Yeah, and I mean, it speaks volumes to the efforts of the artists working on it. Who um, I've gotten to meet some of them through the Facebook production group, mm-hmm. and um, you know, they're a lot of them are very green. Yes, and they're earning their stripes. Yes. And they're putting in the time and, you know, tackling this concept of bringing back the past to (laughs) today. Now, I just saw the trailer for Animaniacs, uh, one of the trailers. And I noticed they did a whole, they did with Animaniacs kind of what they did with Looney Tunes when they they just, they did a few shorts about a year ago. For Looney Tunes? There's more coming out. Uh, I think that actually they're coming out today. There should be new shorts on HBO Max. Oh, well, there you go. I didn't even know that. My buddy worked on uh, quite a few of them, I think. So, no kid. Uh, former Drawn to It podcast uh, guest uh, Chris Sweem uh, was a 2D animator on quite a few of them. So We got to get him yeah. on the show and, and maybe even on the project, you know. Keep the fingers crossed. He he's a hard one to get wrapped into. He's uh he, he's one of the busiest guys I know. Just became a father too. So oh, congratulations, uh, Chris. Way to go. Yeah, I'm not sure uh, what kind of time he's gonna have. He's always up to offer a good constructive cr- critique, and he's got the skills to back it up. He's got a a feature film background, and that's where he learned how to animate. Was working under a lot of European feature film animators oh, and wow. stuff. Um, did, yeah. Did you know so Richard he, Williams he just, by any chance? Uh, no, didn't know Richard Williams, but worked for people that worked under Richard. Um, okay. So there's, you know, he's a third degree separation from Richard, <laughs> Richard Williams. So <laughs> that works. 
That yeah. Worked. Yeah. Hey, it's better than I got. That's for sure. Right. You know, I just got but, I uh, a pencil held by the secretary of the artist yeah. that worked for Andreas Deja. So, you know. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, he's, uh, yeah. I for, oh, yeah. Looney Tunes and Animaniacs. Yes. They, they went a little bit hyper stylized, yes. even though the original was very stylized, right? Um, but they went, uh, they, now it's very more edgy, and they have scenes where they morph into totally different cartoon styles, yeah. like total anime or whatever. Um, and I think for that property, it could work very well because the, their whole thing is chaos, right? True. So it might work for them. I don't know. But I'm not like, I, again, I prefer the original. I do, too. Um, <laughs> but, I will say this. But like, I'm just I'm just an old fart no knocker, thing. right? Here's the thing. I can finally say this on the podcast now, too, which is super exciting. Our story advisor for Chucky Chicken and creator of Animaniacs, Tom Ruger. I've never said that on the podcast before, but yes, he is yeah, part man. of our show, which is fantastic. Yeah. Was not invited to be a part of the reboot. So Tom and I have been having discussions. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. And it's did go ahead. Uh yeah, I, I don't want you to say anything outside of school that he might have told you in confidence, so no, I'm not going to no, ask no, no, you no, any no, of no. that stuff. Uh, but uh, yeah, that you know, okay. that just seems wrong. Well, here's the thing. I, I watched an interview um, with uh, – I've been, I've been, apparently how he found out was um, voice actor Maurice LaMarche, who is known as The Brain in Animaniacs, Gave Tom a yeah. call and said, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. And Tom had no idea. He's like, what are you talking about? <laughs> it's like, oh, you didn't Jeez. hear? No, they're rebooting Animaniacs. And he didn't – I mean, he apparently – so here's the deal. Warner Brothers wanted him to audition to write for the show, which I think, but in my opinion, is a – He created that's the, the show. Point. That's the point. It's a huge slap in the face. Why am yeah. I why am I auditioning for a show that I created? Number one. Number two, why did none of my other friends who are still alive and kicking, Paul Rugg, Sherry Stoner, you know, all of those amazing writers, um, you know, not working on the show? Why is yeah. that? You know? Um, and then super recently, as we talked on the show, they're rebooting Tiny Toons. So Tom gets double screwed because <laughs> he wasn't involved in that one either. You know, as the wow. recording of this uh, a podcast. Now, it, it, you yeah. know, maybe they'll wise up and go, oh, my God, Tom, we made a huge mistake by not inviting you on Animaniacs. Let's bring you on to uh, uh, to Tiny Toons. I, that would be fantastic for him, you know? Well, it's the whole Bill Finger uh, story all over. I mean, Bill Finger was co-creator of Batman, but didn't officially get recognized I as such until... I don't know, seven or eight years ago or something because of his granddaughter, um, who, again, told her story on Drawn to a Podcast, mm -hmm. and it was emotional. It was a, a really emotional story. It started out where um, she the nar narrative of the story started out where she was sort of trying to save her grandfather's legacy mm -hmm. or... Save, save her grandfather's memory. Mm -hmm. 
And as you listen to her story, you find out her grandfather saved her. Um, and it would, and I don't think, I think in a podcast she says, "Oh, I didn't even think about it that way." But it's it's totally true. What number? Her, is, from what number is that? From beyond the grave, her grandfather saved her. No kidding. What number podcast yeah. is that? So we can plug it. And we'll Let me, we'll leave a link in the description down below so you can go. And yeah. Go. Oh, and by yeah. the way, if you have any comments on anything that we're talking about during this podcast. We want to hear from you. We want to know what your thoughts are on DuckTales being canceled, on the Animaniacs reboot, on the state of animation today. Leave them down below. We want to hear from you. We definitely want to get your feedback on that. Yeah, I I love comments. I love interacting with people. Yeah. Um, you know, if, if you're a nice, decent person, um, get a nice, then we're going to interact. <laughs> yeah. Otherwise, though, don't be a dick. Right. Oh my God, you I know? have to. I have to say this. On Episode the... twenty-four. Perfect. I do yeah. want to say this. Um, we actually got one of our first really kind of offended comments on one of our Chucky e. Chicken cartoons. Thankfully, wow. it's an older one. Um, it was uh, uh, foul play from 2017. Mm -hmm. Although that one was the original Chucky e. Chicken cartoon that I wrote in 2008. Use the old designs right. and everything. Um, I do want to apologize. Uh, I'm going to pull up their username here, so that way they know that I am apologizing directly to them. Although yeah. I did, and read the read the comments yes. unedited too, to be fair. And what I will do is I will I will send you a picture of this so you could put it uh, down okay. below. Perfect. Um, yeah. So this comment is from. Hang on one second here. I don't want the cartoon playing in my ears while we're... Okay, hold on. Okay, here we go. Oh, that's not the right one. Hold on, sorry. My computer's running a wee bit slow on me here, and we can fix this in the editing. You know, Yeah. that's the beauty of this. So, um... Do, 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 do. Okay, here we go. Come on. I'm sorry. So when we talk about um, animation news and uh, what's new, what what has been designed, what way, that type of thing, um, we are speaking more in terms of like that fanboy culture right. as opposed to authorities in animation. We are not authorities in animation. We don't run major productions. Um, you know, it, it's strictly the fan fandom coming out of us of yeah. preferences, and it's all subjective. 100%. Um, I know for me personally, people should just realize I'm a moron. I don't, I don't really, uh, my, my likes and dislikes and everything should have zero influence on anybody. Oh, don't, don't know. say that. You're not a No, no, it's 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 true. Be, well, I mean, I'm a product of the 80s and 90s, right? So all of my tastes skew that way. Right. And that's not what's coming out now. It's know? true. Okay, so for some reason the the comment is no longer here, which is okay. bizarre. I don't know. Let me go to my YouTube uh, analytics here because maybe Maybe if I'm lucky, it'll be there. But uh, they get flagged. I don't know. 
I, I didn't flag it. I, I wrote on it and I apologized directly onto the, cause here's the thing. If you leave a comment on my, on one of my videos, I will read mm -hmm. it and I will respond. Um, I do yep. know that there were some people who were hating on this particular person for what he said, but I think it is incredibly important that I mention this. Um, uh, so the, the gist of the, the comment, and just in case they don't find it, um, was we got a comment on one of our videos basically saying that one of our guys were offended uh, because um, Chucky did the, the Sheldon knock. And for those of mm -hmm. you who don't know the Sheldon knock, it's from the Big Bang Theory where he knocks three times, says the person's name, and does that three times. It's a Apparently it's an autistic... Uh, trait that um, he has, which is true. You know, people have autistic mm -hmm. traits. And yeah. this uh, this individual went ahead and uh, he called me out on it. He said, wow, I, you know, I can't believe you did the Sheldon knock. You know, this offends me because, um, you know, I, uh, uh uh, essentially, he's like, uh, yeah, he deleted it. That's that's really sad. Okay, I I don't know what the heck so happened. is the person offended by it being in the Big Bang Theory? No, he's a he's offended of it about be well, yeah, because he's like people uh, apparently equate him to Sheldon for having Aspergers or having mm -hmm. autism, and he was really offended by that. And I just first off want to say, as someone who also deals with, with autism on a mild spectrum, you know, I, I was diagnosed at 18 years old. I meant no harm whatsoever. I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. um, I apologize. Well, I mean, if anything, I mean, under today's cultural rules, yeah. it gives you a pass. True. You know. But I mean, um, no, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. It doesn't give me a pass. Well, I get no pass. You're, you're, you're not a hateful person. You're not setting out to purposely hate on any anybody period True. um so that's that's unfortunate that uh they felt that way but to make it worse um, there were people who were commenting on his comment saying you know how could you hate chucky chicken you know he's my favorite character i hate you i just want to put this out there for anybody who who is a fan of chucky chicken or a fan of my work if you have the audacity to say that you love Chuck E. Chicken and to go tell somebody to that you know you know that you hate them, you're not a fan of my work. Just yeah. just unsubscribe, yeah. just go away. I do not tolerate that at all. I do mm -hmm. not tolerate hate speech on my on any of my videos. And I, I no that is something that I will flag you for. I will make sure that you are taken down. There is my our cartoons are meant to entertain folks. Our cartoons are mm -hmm. meant to bring people together, not to separate them. So whoever you were that left that comment on the foul play video, I want to sincerely apologize to you again. I'm sorry that you deleted the comment, and I wish I could find you and send you an email and 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 do something special for you because I I take that very seriously. So again, I yeah. do apologize. Um, that will not happen again for me. I will make sure that none of those jokes. I mean, jokes. You can play, poke fun of anybody. My my take is, if you tell somebody and it doesn't offend the majority of the folks, then it's fair game, you know. Because there are people yeah. who are going to be offended, but when it comes to autism and it comes to that, I don't I don't mess around with that. 
that I well see I I grew up with parents that taught me um you know treat everybody nice right. of course you're not better than anybody however if if I went whining to them and said so and so called me a a fart knocker my my dad would be like uh-huh are you going to cry about it like that this just how I was raised right, right? The the parenting was, listen, not everybody on the planet is going to like you. They're not going to like what you say. They're not going to like what you do. And you've got to figure out how to deal with that and move on. Right. Um, that type of thinking now is in direct conflict with um, uh, the SJW movement of any given thing happening today. Um, and... Rightfully so in, in a lot of situations. Um, I don't think it's fair that somebody is, you know, voicing that something offended them and maybe explaining why. And then all of society points their guns at that person and says, we're about to blow you out of the water because you're creating noise. That, that's not right. No. You know, everyone deserves their voice. Everyone deserves to have. In a hurt. safe space, exactly. Right? Like a Chuck exactly. E. Chicken comment forum should be a safe space. One hundred percent. One. It should not be where somebody wakes up after a comment they made the night before and wakes up to just hate speech. Right. That's it's that's not, just okay. not what. Jeez. <laughs> no. <laughs> but that's what we no. do as comic creator, as content creators. That's our responsibility. If we yes, don't take, I agree. If we don't take the initiative and we don't stop it when we see it, it's gonna yeah. keep going and keep building. Now, nine times out of ten, I've had the most amazing fans. Chucky e. Chicken has had amazing people. There's been fan art. There's been people commenting. I got one sweet girl who writes Chucky e. Chicken every single day, asking, "How are you?" I'm your biggest fan. Here's some fan art that I drew of you. And I love that person. I respond as often as I can. Or Chucky responds as often as he can. You know, he's a busy guy. He's making a lot of cartoons. As yeah, yeah, podcast yeah. Shows. Um, But hate and disrespect, I will not tolerate. And if you think yeah. that you can come onto my show, onto my channel, and put stuff on my videos and think I ain't gonna see it. You got another thing coming. I will track you down. I will delete your comment. I will flag you. I will do everything I can to get your hateful trolling ass off of my platform. Enough said. Yeah. Yeah. I can't. I, there ain't nothing you can do about it. Hell no. And I probably offended somebody <laughs> just doing that. That's okay. No, no I, I love how much you love and respect your fans, and I think it's right. And, um, you know, people people need to feel safe, uh, especially online. That's the problem with online. Like any given day, I could wake up on any of the podcasts, and it could just be you're a demon, yeah. you know? And that's and i would never know who said it i would know the tag who said it but i don't know who what where right you know because and it's they hide behind the monitor exactly right? and they they're safe behind the monitor but i will say this 
I have worked too hard for the privilege to have fans. Yeah. Yeah. Now that I have them, I'm not going to let anybody hurt them. So yeah. if you think you're going to be able to hurt my fans or Chucky's fans, you got another thing coming. So, so let's use that as a segue uh, into the next segment cool. where we peel the curtain back, so Do to it. speak, on Chucky Chicken and Mimsy and Dusty updates. Okay. Uh, let's start with you because you know uh, my we, start with, we started with me last week. No, we're we're gonna start with you because my thing's gonna go off in a bit of a different direction. So oh. let let's go with with you, and because uh, uh, we're both gonna have heavy heavy segments uh, tonight. Um, so with Chucky Chicken, yes. Um, Peeling back the curtain on production issues, especially independent production where money is not uh, around, right? Like people are volunteering time and effort mm -hmm. and everybody's doing their best. And But there mm -hmm. are still production problems that of come course. up, like something hasn't been done that matches what needed to be done. Doesn't mean it was done bad just means it wasn't done to what needed to be done for that for a shot or a sequence or whatever um right. so yeah let's let's dive into what you've been going through the past couple of days okay well, <laughs> um first off i just want to say i have an amazing team i have such a wonderful group of of artists and yeah i can back that up their time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I do think that I, I love my folks. I love them to death. But sometimes there are a, a few people who they mean well, but they they don't understand the concept of when good enough is good enough. Yeah. And I'll explain what I mean. If you were starting off as an animator, as an artist, or as what, whatever you want to do in life, when you are starting off for the first time and you want to get your work out there and you want to get that critique, good enough is good enough. Your best is at such the lowest level. I don't expect Michelangelo from you. I expect the doodles. I expect the bad proportions. I expect everything that you're going to give at that lowest level. Okay. That's well, it's a sliding scale, right? right. Your lowest level this month is um, going to be different next month. Correct. Right. Correct. Like your lowest level next month will be higher mm -hmm. than maybe your best effort uh, previous. Right. Be, because ideally everybody is growing, you know, Correct. day to day. Correct. Yeah. So I don't, so, but here's the thing. If you're working with a team of folks and you're work and the, all those folks are working their ass off and they're excited and we're all on the same page to get the Chucky e. chicken cartoon done, to get it done right, to get it done the best that we can do it good enough does not fall into play 
especially right. if, and I will give you the perfect example. We had a conversation today <laughs> with uh, one of our background artists. I'm not going to say any names because I don't want to call anybody out. I love them all too much. They know. Well, and it isn't <laughs> even about that either, right? Right. Yeah. It's not about, it's not about the quality of the work. The work quality yeah. is not the issue. The issue yeah. is the mindset. The mindset of, oh, I did it. It's good enough. Let's move on. No. Number one, if your director or your producer says go back and fix it, go back and change it, there is no discussion. Unless you are in a think tank, a creative think tank with other people and other folks are saying, you know what? Because that's happened to me before. I'll spit on mm -hmm. an idea or somebody will spit on an idea and I'll go, no, that's not good, blah, 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 blah. Well, Mike, you know, no, that would work because da, 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 da. Or I agree with so-and-so. We can make this work because da, 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 or da, 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 da. Okay, I stand corrected. Let's try it. And it turns out to be spectacular. Um, yeah. One perfect example. When we were doing Grim Grinning Giblets, um, I gave our, one of our background artists uh, the task of designing the haunted mansion itself. And uh, all I said was, go look up the, 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 the Disneyland haunted mansion and use that as a base, and then we'll go forward from there. No problem. Mm -hmm. The girl goes, or the person goes, and they look, and they look at the haunted mansion at Disneyland. They come back, and they give me the design. Looks nothing like the haunted mansion at Disneyland. And I'm thinking to myself, what the what the hell? I just gave you this this uh, this template to follow. Why are you not following the template? I did. I looked at the at the haunted mansion at Disneyland, and I asked, okay, could you show me your reference? And she did. And sure enough, she did look at the haunted mansion at Disneyland, but it was not my Disneyland. It was her Disneyland mm -hmm. in Paris. So the haunted right. mansion over there looked completely different than my vision, but it was beautiful. So let me let me jump on that and just play devil's advocate here because um, the the last thing I want is one of your team members to watch this episode and feel like they're under attack. One hundred percent. First of all, everything you're talking about as a artist who's worked in productions, I've gone through. Myself, I've been told to redo stuff over and over because uh, I just couldn't get it right. You know, uh, no matter design. how, yeah, yeah, no matter how much it was explained to me, I would have to, you know, and eventually I would get it right. Redos um, are part of the business. You know, that's why yeah. we have an eraser. That's why there's Control Z. You know, your yeah. redos are they are unavoidable. You're gonna have to do them. I've done them. Yeah, Brian's done them. Everybody has done them. You know, you are not. Yeah, and they have a way. If if you can keep the right attitude about it, which can be hard, mm -hmm. because it is human nature. After you put a whole bunch of work into something as personal as artwork, which your background artist did put effort into this background. Um, it's hard not to feel attached or feel precious about the end result, right? Mm -hmm. Very hard, actually. And when you're told that's not it, that can feel like such a, oh, right to the heart. 
and mm-hmm. it can make people be like, oh yeah, well what the f, you know, what do you think you know, and it it can trigger this defensive thing, right? Trying Not to defend it right. to to get it used uh, because they're so attached to it, and it took me a good year of uh, pitching to Disney executives. Um, and having my work next, just nah, you know, don't like that idea. Until I learned that the the more drawings that hit the floor usually meant the more ideas that were explored, and the best ones always seemed to come to the top. Mm-hmm. So when I was able to suppress my ego and not drive home every day, going, eh, friggin', I put all my, you know, and eventually I did get to the part with the help of my mentors, my supervisors who were coaching Mm -hmm. me and stuff on how to handle that criticism Mm -hmm. and use it to um, create a a much better attempt the next time and not take it personally. And I think today, um, because I, I was on the group chat and seeing what was happening, I think what you're talking about specifically um it was the i think the person just felt a little bit like like the efforts weren't appreciated and uh the the problem with critiques through texting and keyboards the tone comes off all wrong because i'm a lazy typer i just i'm i'm just quick right this isn't working because of this send, right? And that's and there's why, no, yes. <clears throat> yeah, and there's no nurturing or uh, – I, re- I really when, – when I'm directing people, when possible, I always try to inspire them before I send them out on a new uh, assignment. Right. Um, and – now, so this this long uh, rant I'm on is coming around to the importance of communication, mm-hmm. which is set up in pre-production. And something I mentioned today was uh, more focus put into pre-production to eliminate the questions during production, right. such as, you know, are the animatics uh, being timed right? Are are, is there enough design information for locations and that type of thing? Mm-hmm. And I think ha- having what happened today, I think overall it was a blessing for for your team. Oh yeah, and for the and for the background artists. And I I don't know that they will see it that way, but I I really hope they do because it it brought forth issues that. Um, could be looked at objectively and say, you, you know, you could step back and say, okay, so on the next one, if I tweak the approach in pre-production this way, this question won't ever show up again. Right. And I, I think that's a huge plus to, oh, to learn that. 100%. Yeah. I mean, and that's the beauty of our team. You know, we are, we're not just you know, artist. I mean, here's the thing. Yes, we are. And, and, and this individual did bring up this fact today as well, that we're trying to get this out there so we can make money and that we can start to see, you know, a profit on these cartoons. She is right. But to a point, 
yes, we are trying to, you know, to obviously make it to a point where we can start seeing a return so we can start getting paid to do what we love. But at the same time, this is also a learning experience for so many people on the team. You know, that's why I went and I brought the people on board who, you know, and a lot of people are going to be mad at me when I say this, but, you know, when... When I when I tell them straight up, you know, listen, I can't pay you right now. It's going to be a learning opportunity. It's an opportunity to to learn how to do the animation process, and you're not a simple kind of character, and you're going to be able to work with some really great people who are in the business who want to learn and want to teach you. Yeah, you know, that's kind of your payment for right now. And they jump on board. Those are the best people to get because they're not in it for the paycheck. They're in it because yeah. they want to make great art and what yeah. i saw today was a group of people who stood up and said it's about the quality of the art it's about making sure that this chucky chicken cartoon is better than what we did last time and that's fantastic and you and i have talked outside of the podcast about that being you know the direction you want to take it and uh, I, I think that's exactly how it should be. Each one should try to outdo the last, 100%. right? 100%. And yeah. you're going to get cartoons that look similar, and that's fine. Sure. You know, but I don't ever want to... Well, they should. Right. They should. Yeah. It should look the same, but better each time. Right. It's a weird thing. You know, um, it's, it's more like something you feel is better. Uh, because what tends to happen with animated shows, they start off, the first five episodes are... Wow. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Because those five is is what was used to impress the, the people networks. that signed the checks, right? right? The, the execs, yeah. And then they, they go down after that. Tiny Toons being a really, really good example. If you watch the later seasons uh, frame by frame, some really atrocious mm -hmm. artwork. Well, I think they also, they had the misfortune of not knowing what the, because they went overseas with a lot of those cartoons as well. So yeah. they had the misfortune yeah. of not having proper model sheets or not having proper references and not being able to catch it. Uh, they they have pretty good model sheets. Oh, I, I, I used I to own wrong. them all. I could be wrong. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, my my instructor uh, back into 98, sorry, 98, yeah, 98, 99, uh, he worked on Tiny Toons, and uh, they got paid by footage, mm -hmm. and he said flat out it was really easy to get work approved. They just cared about getting it done. Right. And they got, they got paid by footage. They would do keys and breakdowns and ship it overseas for in-betweens. Okay. Um, and, you know, if the keys and breakdowns are solid, the in-betweens are a little less, somehow your eye doesn't catch that. Right. But when the keys and the in-betweens are not solid and their volumes are bouncing everywhere and feet are skating and shifting and, and just a mess because mm -hmm. they're just trying to crank through it, then the overseas team doesn't have the information they need to do their job the best. Right. And it's that whole thing. It's animation as an art form of assembly line, right? So the stronger effort the person before you did will affect your best effort right, right away. 
And that's, um, that's yeah, and that's the thing. And I think with this particular, and and even with not just the backgrounds, but also with animation. You know, on one hand, we get people who are turning in animations and they're looking absolutely spectacular, like even better than how you imagine the scene to, to look. And you're going, oh, my God, that's beautiful. I love it. And then you have other people who are turning in animation and it's like you had a week. What the hell? Yeah. You know, what is going yeah. on? Why, why, why are you holding? Why does it look rough? And it's like, oh, it's not rough. It's like. I will be a lot nicer and a lot kinder to somebody if they say, you know, Mike, it is rough. I didn't get time. I'm in school. I had a lot of responsibilities. I had to go work my second job or I got a gig that pays that I'm working on and this took kind of a backseat. I'm sorry. Well, I'm a big believer in for animation and I'm not saying it's practical. I'm just saying my ideal workflow and whenever I have, in, even in the past, whenever I worked on projects, I always tried to have a dedicated cleanup team. Right. Because I believe in people doing what they are best at doing. Uh, a background artist uh, is probably not best suited to try to animate a scene. You're right. Or vice versa, right? And quite often it's not where their passion lies. Um, a cleanup artist, my belief, a cleanup artist is one of the most underrated but most valuable artists on any production, 2D production. But there's there's um, just the work that gets seen. Yeah. Flat their out. their artwork is guided by the artists before them, but their artwork is what's up on the screen. And if you can nurture a, a cleanup team and you really appreciate their effort mm -hmm. and have the, the rest of the team, uh, everybody should appreciate everybody's effort, right? Because <laughs> yeah. without one, the other doesn't happen. Exactly. But um, especially back in the early 2000s, uh, animation was so competitive, like snobbyish from title job titles. Like, oh, you're a background artist, whatever. Well, okay, well, without the background, your character is just... Flown in space. On a, yeah. Yeah. So, come on. <laughs> yeah. Or, or, yeah, just let cleanup do it. They'll friggin' cleanup. Okay, well, cleanup, the ones that make it look hot and sexy and put it up there. Right. You know? They, they should... Everybody should be appreciated and respected. And... You, you know, I think I think it would be great for Chuck E. Chicken to get to a point where there's a dedicated team of animators, rough and loose, but on model and all the detail there. Right. And then a dedicated crew for cleanup, one, two artists to start out with, whatever. Mm -hmm. um, and with, with Toon Boom, the vector cleanup line, you know, you can crank through footage pretty good if the artist is is good at it, right? right? And I think, I think having people, having people get good at what they're passionate about and contribute to your property through that, in my opinion and my experience, and again, I'm a self-admitted moron. I think that is super valuable and has always served me me well when i've had productions where i had to bring other people in i agree i think that that you know it's important to have that 
production pipeline. And one of our artists today was like, you know, listen, we're just going to chalk it up to a learning experience, which I thought was spectacular. He's like, you know, we'll just work on our pre-production. We'll get our pipeline going for the next one. No big deal. We'll figure it out. And that Mm -hmm. to me was the biggest vote of confidence that I can give in an artist because it's like, okay, they're in for the long haul. They're in for the next one. They're excited. Uh, We're excited. Um, You know, and that to me is, is just the mark of a great artist and someone who understands that it is evolving and changing. And what I, and I'd like you to help me, you know, set up this pipeline and set up the chain of, of, of artists because, you know, yeah, well, we're going to need to have some offline talks with me and you and your producer partner um, so that, you know, it can be really thought out well, mm-hmm. because my whole thing is I really want the artists to feel like they're being set up by the by whatever management team is telling them, giving them the assignment. They're being set up to succeed. Mm-hmm. I, I It breaks my heart when an artist ends their day feeling like they're not good enough. Right. Um, I hate that. Oh, me I too. hate that. And I know you hate that too. Oh, I, I hate that, the fact that, that I can't pay anybody. That's that's my biggest thing because yeah. I, I just I these talents are they're amazing. They're giving their time. I mean, a few people on our team have been giving them up for over a year now. And to me, it's like, you know, Christmas is coming. I want to be able to give them something special for Christmas this year. And I, I can't. Because it's like yeah. we're, you know, it's just uncertain. Well, this episode will actually be out probably uh, tw- after Christmas, right? Yeah, but uh, I, I mean, it's maybe it's I'll, true though. They, maybe there'll be something special for them. I'll try and work something out. I'll let you know in the next one, so that way you can be like, yeah. "Yay, guess what?" Um, but I never want an artist to feel like they're insignificant to the project because. Once they start to feel attacked and once they feel like they're not worthy, they quit. Mm-hmm. They leave, yep. you know, and I yep. saw that all the time in, in, in art college, you know, where people would be like, wow, your work's not that great or wow, you're not really the best. You know, you're, you're, you're not that good. Maybe you should switch over to a different major. And when they graduated, they didn't go into animation. They didn't go into their field. They got worthless degrees. And they spent thousands upon thousands of dollars for a piece of paper that's either on their shelf like mine is or they're, you know, in a box somewhere or worse, you know. Well, I mean, this is part of being a producer is trying to learn how to manage people. Artists are famous for being too sensitive. I'm guilty. Way too sensitive. Yeah. they're being too sensitive, ego-driven. I mean, we are very much, look at what I drew, Mom. Yeah. You know, is it good enough to go in the fridge? You know, that that is uh, a real thing that stays with you. And as a producer, you have to juggle all that, plus the needs of the production in terms of eventually finances, uh, d- deadlines that won't move because of network contracts right, right? um and you try and you've got that. your you try and instill that in your artists where it's like you know um why do we have a deadline here if we're it, it, you know i i was asked that before why the deadline yeah. do you have something important going on no but if i'm mr warner brothers and i say i want the cartoon done by this day 
and it's not done by this day, guess who's getting fired or canceled? <laughs> you know? Right. So, yeah. I mean, and in, in, in this past, uh, you know, yesterday, uh, I think earlier today, I was just like, you know, because we talked offline about, like, yeah. listen, you know, I initially wanted this to come out on the 15th. I wanted it to be out before Christmas, you know, so people can enjoy it. I still kind of want that to happen. I still would like to at least mm-hmm. have it out the week of Christmas. Uh, Thanksgiving did come a little late this year. So we're kind of combating that as well. But at the same token, it's like, you know, and then Aaron and I had the conversation too. As long as it yeah. comes out in December and it's around the holiday season and it's around Christmas, you should be okay. If it's a few days after, yeah. that's fine. If it's going into January and you're you're doing a Christmas caroler thing like the beginning week of January, that's cool too. You want to have mm-hmm. something that looks good, something that yeah. you can watch over. Here's my philosophy. If you can sit down with 20 people and watch the cartoon or watch your product 20 times and still feel as good about it after the tw- the 4,000th time you've seen it, you're that's good enough. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's my yeah. good enough. If you watch it yeah, once per- and watch it again, what's the point of making it? Right. What's the point? Yeah, you're never going to reach perfection, but that constant um, effort to try to is going to keep refining your product more and more and more. Right. And that's important. When you, when you just, yeah, like you said, when you start resting on that, it's good enough. You know, it's, it's fine. Right. Well... Okay, but would you go to a five-star restaurant and accept a molten lava cake uh, delivered to you that had been squashed on your plate? The flavor is still the same. Right. But you wouldn't accept that. No, right? not at all. I would not accept Because it. a chef would never bring it to you that way because that is not good enough. Correct. It has to be, it has to look as good as possible with whatever level your talent is in that moment. And that's all anybody can ask, right? And sometimes it takes two or three tries to get to that point. And here's my thing. I will always, I will never ask my team what I am not willing to do myself, number one. And number two, Mm -hmm. I feel that the art of animation today is in desperate need of a revamp and a rehash and a saving. I brought up this. I brought up this uh, example today. Um, the Silly Symphonies. There mm-hmm. was a whole decade that Walt Disney spent with his animators, from 1929 to 1939, making a whole separate series of animated cartoons. They only made 75 of them in 10 years. Okay. Yeah. And oh, by the way, that's quite a bit. That's a lot. When you think about how they made them. They were cranking oh, through oh my God. Yeah. stuff, <laughs> you know, and, and they yeah. were, they, the majority of them were all different characters, all different stories. I mean, you got the occasional three. Little- and a lot of them had like 20 characters at a time on screen. Right. You know? Those, those, uh, uh, shorts were their research and development lab, you know, yeah. flowers and trees yeah. is a perfect example. They started that cartoon in black and white. 
Walt Disney heard about the Technicolor process. He got the rights to, the exclusive rights to use the Technicolor process. What did he do? Scrap the whole damn cartoon. We're doing it again in color. And because yeah. he took the time and he redid it and he put it out in color, the Academy of Motion Picture uh, Sciences created the best animated sort short subject category just to give yeah. Walt Disney an Oscar. I think the innovation you're talking about that the animation industry needs right now, mm -hmm. um, I think we got a glimpse of that. I, To me, right now, Spa Studios is Disney today, uh, or Walt Disney of today. They are very much focused on high-quality um proprietary uh, stories. Mm -hmm. I'm sure they do commercial work and stuff like that. Right, I actually is... don't know a lot about them, but everything I've ever seen come out of them pushes the envelope compared to their last project. What did what what uh, what projects have they done? I'm not familiar. So oh. they did they did well. They did uh, Klaus. Okay, right? all right. I thought that yeah. was Netflix. Uh, 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 Netflix distributed. Klaus. Oh, Spa Studios oh. produced okay. it. Okay, that makes sense. Spa Studios is owned is uh, owned by uh, oh, I can't remember his name. Oh, I'm so embarrassed. You can Google it. Um, <laughs> That's the best. Way. <laughs> no, you know That's what? It deserves Google it, it deserves being Googled. Let me Google it here. Um, no. Yeah. Uh, Rio. They they were involved in Rio. Oh, Blue Sky. Um, well, some of the artists from Spa Studios, Sergio Pablos, um, did uh, a lot of the design work for Rio. Okay. And he is the, from what I'm seeing here, if I'm reading correctly, he's the founder of Spa Studios. Is that SPA? Um, I'm going to look it up here too real quick. SPA, yeah. Let me look it up here. So they... They have that creative mindset of pushing the visual um, to, to new, new experiences, mm -hmm. not regurgitating what's been done. And I respect that because it is very hard to do. Mm -hmm. And look at the accolades that they've gotten. Um, yeah. You know, they've gotten seven Annie Awards. Uh, they've gotten an Academy nominated for Best Animated Feature, BAFTA Awards. Yeah. Goya. They've got some of the, the best talent in the animation industry, period. Uh, both old-timers and newcomers um, connect it with them. And oh, he worked on, it's uh, inspiring. He worked on Tarzan, and he worked on uh, Treasure Planet for Disney. I did not know that. That's yeah. cool. Despicable Me, he worked on. Um, oh, yeah. Asterix. Okay. I recently yeah. discovered but when you look under things like content development or visual development, character design, uh, storyboarding, I love uh, their storyboards and stuff. Um, you can see that thought process of they really play what if, mm -hmm. you know, and they go for it. And I love that. And they're in Spain, and, huh? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's beautiful. That's fantastic. Yeah, animation has no borders at all. It doesn't, and that's that's what um, 
what I'm trying to push to my team. You know, to be honest with you, I'm almost, I thought about this today um, when I got up this morning. I would be willing to start up a, a Silly Symphony-like program where we have artists who, if they have a story that they want to do, it's got to kind of be in the style of the Silly Symphony cartoons. Um, they got to direct it like a Silly Symphony cartoon, um, but make it their way. Like it can be their own style. It can be, you know, their own music. It can be their own story. It can be whatever they want. And they well, that that sounds like a monstrous task. What about, have you heard of the 11 second club? Yes. I've heard of the 11 second club. What, what about, what about something Valley studios, uh, uh, eight, eight second brain fart or something. I don't know, but something that is a small manageable chunk mm -hmm. that an artist can independently produce and Valley Studios will cheerlead for them when it's delivered. Sure. And put it out there. No, well, and... I don't want the person to do the whole cartoon by themselves. That's okay. asinine. Okay. No, I would want to, like, right. they, they get a team. You know, they go, okay, yeah. listen, I'm going to take, like, for example, say, um, you know, just for shits and giggles, you know, we're going to do the story of the grasshopper at the end, you know. And... Oh, wait a minute. Why not do this as part of a producers without a clue animation contest or something? Maybe we can find a sponsor to offer the reward. Ooh, that'd be awesome. And uh, oh man, I mean, if we put the work in, I'm sure we could drum something up. And well, yeah, you know? we could call him corny. You know, I don't know. Like I, I thought of like a feathered follies is kind of like a name off a silly symphony. You know, corny concerto. I like or, it. You know, yeah, uh, something like that or ridiculous rondos. <laughs> Mol molten movies. I, I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, um, you know. Uh, yeah, no, I, it's a it's a great idea that uh, you know should be explored more yeah. because the whole thing is to inspire people. One hundred percent. You know, and I yeah. and I think that like today more than ever, especially for young artists, you know, where if I had half the technology to uh, that I have today that kids do today, uh, you know, when I was a kid twenty years ago. Yeah. Holy cow, imagine the stuff that I would have made by now. I just, it just blows my mind. But, you know, 2020 yeah. is always, you know, hindsight is always 2020. You know what I just realized? I keep looking at you on the screen in front of me, which means to everybody watching this, it looks like I'm looking down while you're talking and ignoring you, but I'm not. I'm looking <laughs> at, you're on this screen, but you're also up there right. on my big TV. Right. I should be looking up there. Well, I like to look down God, I got to I got to learn how to do this. Well, I do this sometimes. I'm like, hey, how's it going, Brian? You know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What up, bud? <laughs> I see you. I see. What you doing? What yeah. you doing? <laughs> um, my buddy Aaron and our other good friend Zach, we did a show called Ram TV years ago, and the bit was um, Aaron would have me or somebody on his computer screen. Most of the time it was me. Yeah. So I had to be really good about learning how to do eye lines and, you know, recording with, it was, that that was a lot of fun. They're still on YouTube. You yeah. can watch them. But, so nope. I guess today's lesson, if we're going to do anything, if there was a, a clue that this producer learned today was do not settle. And I never, I never planned to settle. My deal is I will, okay. I don't even know if I should be admitting this, but I'm going to admit it anyway because I think it is an important 
by admitting stuff, you grow. I am I a agree. people pleaser. If there is somebody that I am working with, I don't want to make them upset. So sometimes yeah. I will settle. Um, yeah. However, comma, if you tell me this is all you're going to give me. <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's not. So. Yeah. Well, that brings up a good point, too. Uh, how huh, how do I word this? Um, as nicely as you can. <laughs> yeah. So something all directors and producers and middle management deal with who are in charge of deciding are people pulling their weight. How long do you accept that mindset of people just not you give them notes and they're the same notes every time and you never see a change, you know, and how long do you go before you just say, listen, it's not working out. Um, it depends on their attitude. If they have the attitude of, I really want to learn. I really want to get better. I please continue to help me. I will continue to try. I will work with that person for months, if not years, until it just gets to a point where it's like, listen, I've done all that I can. You're not getting yeah, it. it if, I'm still doing it. I'm looking at your You're fine. Picture. You're fine, I, man. You're fine. No, I, I got to move it. There we go. Now I'm looking. Okay. But yeah, I agree with you. It's all about attitude. And all if you come attitude. in and you give me a shit attitude and you say, well... I got so much, I'm getting paid, you know, because I had people who were like, you're not even paying me to do this. Why should I do it? Right. What do you want me to say? There's the door. Yeah. Like, I don't want to yeah. do that. I, that ain't my style. I'm not the kind of guy to yeah. say, if you don't like what we're doing, there's the door. I. However, there there is a, there is a truth to that, right? If you are unhappy, then the team doesn't benefit from you being here. Right. If if it's beyond like your role as a producer, if it's beyond your role mm -hmm. to uh, meet them where they're asking to be met, if you, if it just can't be done and they're still unhappy, uh, you do have to say, okay, well, we're going to have to part ways. Which I've done. You know, I've done it multiple yeah. times, even just last. It's not fun. No, it's not fun. It's, it's not fun at Especially all. Especially when they're friends and it's like, you know, the hardest thing. I mean, I really, I know what it means when they say don't go into business with your friends because I've lost plenty of friends because it's like, listen, you're just not working out. It's like, oh, you can't get rid of me. I'm your friend. It's like, right, right. Yeah, I can't because yeah. it's not about so, us. It's the business. Yeah. So we've done a lot of talking about uh, Chuck E. Chicken yes. since. Um, Last week, do you have any visual updates that you want to go over? Oh, some of the line tests, maybe. Yeah, let me pull up one of the line tests here so, so we can show some people. Um, we actually got some, you know what? Yeah, let me go ahead and do this for you. This is one that I'm watching for the first time here. Um, it's a short scene, um, but let me go ahead and share the screen with you, and then we can. Here we go. Alrighty. So this was done by, um, hold on, I, I have my notes here, so bear with me. I'm sure you can probably see my notes. Can you or no? Or, nope. Oh, just the screen? Okay, cool. 
So this was done by Elias Levine. He is actually a story, one of our storyboard artists, but he jumped on Mm -hmm. to do some animation for the scene. So here we go. This is all that he got done. Mm -hmm. Short scene. Very short scene. Yeah. Um, so obviously there's a lot of work that still needs to go into it. He needs to attach the hand to the door. He's got to do a little bit more with the head, you know, Mm -hmm. um, he's got the proportions kind of there for Chucky, which is good. I I mean, yeah, the character character would benefit from a little acting, like maybe, a, you know, some kind of head tilt or something, you know, but yeah. Yeah. Uh, we got this one from, uh, you're not showing anybody's email address, are no, you? No, 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 no. Okay. No, no. Okay. This is our drive here, so. Yeah. Let me let me go back to this one. So this was done by uh, Oscar Stashwick, who never ceases to amaze me. I don't know if you can hear it or not, but I'll unplug it so you can kind of. I'll unplug my headset here. So here we go. I love the Christmas, the holly and the mistletoe. I don't know if this is the... I love the Christmas. Oh, this must be the... Hold on. That's not fully in between. No, well, I, it should be, though. This is no. clean up a... If, I love if it is... Christmas, it, uh, hang on, let me do it this way. Okay. Yeah, he's still holding drawings on like threes and sixes and hold stuff. on, hold on one second. I think it's just my my uh, my playback here. Okay. So let me see if I can do it this way. And if I can, I'll share it. I love the Christmas, the holly and the mistletoe. Okay. That's not it. <laughs> what happened? <laughs> He gave me this, he, he had this cleaned up version that he did, and uh, it was fantastic. Okay, so when you find it, email it to me, so I'll just put it into the edit. That's fine. Yeah. Uh, but he did, he did, uh, he did the cleaned up version of that. Uh, and then we have um, Andrew Mortimer still uh, plowing away on the caroler here. Yeah, it is my player because I don't know why the hell it's doing this. Hang on. I bet it's because I'm on Skype and it's not liking it's not liking this. Because this one is No, because I know that he it looks smoother. I know it looks smoother. I've seen it look smoother. So, because here's your red line drawings that you did. Let me do this. I love the Christmas, the holly and the mistletoe. You see? Because, yeah, I know. Yeah, it's the buffer. So, let me try this again. Hold on. Technical difficulties, folks. Bear with me. Come on. I love the Christmas, the holly, and the mistletoe. Okay. I don't know what the hell's going on. But, um, okay. Well, anyway, um, let me go ahead and show you some of the backdrops here that we got. Okay. So, um, yeah, there we go. Yeah. So, Imka Van Galen, who is our lead background artist, she, uh, started putting this together 
um, that describes, you know, not not only does it show what to do. Yeah, it is my, oh my God. Like I, I have a brief buffering here. Uh, trying oh, yeah. to catch up with itself. This is super slow. Oh my goodness. Um, well, just send those animation clips to me. I'll put them in the edit yeah. and they'll play back at yeah. proper speed. So not only did she yeah. show like how the line art should be, but also how to color and then how to highlight them. Um, but she yeah. also shows um, beautiful. Yeah. The colors for different, you know, the, the Chucky Amazing. chicken layout color palette, which is great. The base color. Um, she yeah. uses a, a light, grayish brown instead of straight black um mm -hmm. which is good and then also for you know she puts lines like you know uh, little notes like that which i love this was her first yeah. take i'm like uh inka that ain't gonna work you know can you yeah, tell us yeah. what those are for and she's like oh yeah. my god yeah you're right and so she did which was fantastic and then that led yeah, that's fantastic i love yeah that. led to this and then she like breaks yeah. it down step by step which is so inka is kind of like our our not kind of, but she is our lead. Well, this is bordering on art direction yeah. right here, what she's doing. Yeah. Um, so that's that's fantastic. I mean, that's a good training ground. And if, if you can find a way to keep her with you, mm -hmm. you're building your your training in-house through trial and error, your own art director. Right. Uh, who's been with it from stage one. And that's a rare thing. So very, very valuable. Yeah. So that's something that we're going to continue to evolve and change. And now, of course, it's um, now it's uh, starting to pick up here again. I do want to show you these um, just because I think it's important that people see what we're talking about with the difference. So let me do this for you here. I'll reshare it. So this is going to be the. Here we go. So this is Chucky Chicken's house. In the shorts mm -hmm. that we're working on, Carolers are clucking, done by Imka Van Galen. Again, brilliant job. Very well done. She's got the, love it. The, yeah, the glow of the light. She's got you know, um, the you know, just the design is beautiful. Um, little nods, like for example, one of our artists, Addie Kid, um, actually did this little snowman, and I loved it so much. I said, Imka, put it in his front yard, and so there he yeah. is. Um, and then here would be the, the next scene, which would be Chucky opening the door when the carolers mm -hmm. first arrive, which is important. That's great. Um, and then yeah. here is a, a layout for uh, our problem scene, I'm going to go ahead and call it. Um, mm -hmm. So <laughs> I, after speaking with Tom Ruger, who watched the animatic of the short and loved it, he said, listen, I think it would be easier for your artists if instead of Chucky Chicken walking up and turning around and walking towards the door. Well, the problem was the camera because we broke the 180 rule. The 180 rule being that if you have a character that's facing left or facing right, um, you want to keep that character facing left and right. It's, you know, there's a, um, there's a barrier that you don't want to break in storytelling. Yeah. So we broke that yeah. rule. So Tom basically said, here's what you're going to do. Go ahead and take the door and move it from the other side of the room to the appropriate side and fix everything. So we did. And Imka did this layout. And as you can see, I haphazardly was pretty much like, okay, we're just going to copy paste and flip. And, you know, <laughs> it's very sloppy. But then, of course, she went back and she did a more uh, rougher layout of it just to kind of get an idea, like keeping the basis there, but still, 
you know, utilizing mm -hmm. that. And then we got Addie's version of the um, of the living room. Mm -hmm. And I think it speaks for itself here. When you look at this, this you know, the, the, the opening shot of the cartoon, and then you go mm -hmm. to this, it's very jarring. Now, is that the shot? Meaning, is that how far away the camera is going to be? No. So the camera is going to be pushed in? Yes. Okay. Uh, that that I didn't know. Uh, yeah. Or it didn't come to my mind. Yeah. So what does that look like when it's zoomed in according to the shot? So zoomed in according to the shot, it should look... What happened to his chair? We took out the chair because that's going to be anim that's going to be uh, put in there because he's going to be getting up and out of it. So we're going to put right. a little animation on it. So when the shot is so in the shot, so basically that's what it's going to be look looking like. The fire's going to be roaring. Chucky's chair yeah. is going to be right there, and then there's going to be a pan again. Please excuse the choppiness of the computer here. There's going to be a pan to Chucky then yeah. opening the door by here. Yeah. Then and it's, going it's into still see right now when you're zooming in to the shot, the lines are way too thick. Yes. Um, they're way too thick. They they're not as crisp as they could be. Um, yeah. My my hope was that it would still work if zoomed into the shot. <laughs> but uh yeah, well, you know, I I just don't want the artists to feel like I like I said, I don't want anybody going to bed feeling that they're a failure. And not a failure. And and that's that's what we exactly. artists, you know, and she wasn't offended exactly. with the critique. She just was upset that, you know, she wanted the cartoon to be done on time. She didn't want to keep pushing it forward. Yeah. Um her understand, you know, her understanding is that we've canceled like three or four projects this so far this year. Yeah. Not, not the case. We start. Yes, we have started and ended a few, but that's only because we've had consultation with people who said, you know, take it back a step, and let's focus. Well, I mean, like we talked about, yeah. everybody's learning, right. right? Yeah. And then we have another okay. really great new artist that is joining our team here. I want to get her name right here, so bear with me here. I gotta go back and and. Uh... Oh, you know what? Oh, shoot, I don't have my phone with me, so have fun. Um, Gabrielle Presto, here we go. So this is the beginnings of her layout. Now this, for the first time working on the series, this is just the start. This yeah. is really, really good. She's mastered yeah. the, the colors. She's mastered, you know, the, uh, the shapes. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing her put in more design i'm very look i'm looking excited to see what she's going to do with it but yeah you know, and lighting and stuff right like window lighting and and that but that that looks pretty good as a work in progress that's that looks really good yeah so she's doing keeping the snowman in the shot yeah. i love that yeah so she did she's doing yeah. everything right um which i i'm excited about um and then yeah. again it just she, she's you know, I'm, I'm looking now here's a question for you. Okay. What program is she doing this? In? I don't know. 
<laughs> and is it is everything layered? Is that starry sky layered? Because any opportunity you have to give the camera life for parallaxing or whatever, you want to take advantage of, right? right. You want as much depth, uh, blurs, uh, depth of field, that type of thing. And all of those things are, are best done when everything is layered to death mm -hmm. so that it can be imported into After Effects. And uh, whenever I can uh, do com composition or compositing in After Effects, I have a tendency to create a 3D camera mm -hmm. and then I layer uh, my my, I, I set up my shot in layers of nearest to the camera to furthest away mm -hmm. um, so that I get parallaxing and I also get depth of field that way. So a shot like this, uh, I would be asking, is the starry sky on its own layer? Are the background silhouette buildings on their own layer? Uh, the mid-ground buildings and sidewalk on their own layer? And then the foreground street, driveway, and a snowman, whatever, right. on its own layer, at least. Yeah. Yeah. I think that, yeah, yeah. I think that is important too. So we, I will ask her um, when yeah. I talk to her. More. Surprisingly, a lot of artists have a tendency to flatten their stuff. I know. And it, I find it mind boggling because it's so hard to fix after you flatten it. And then yeah. you can't do anything with it easily in uh, compositing. Right? Imka is so. very good about keeping all of her stuff on layers. Um, yeah, yeah. Her only problem with me is that she labels everything in Dutch. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess that makes sense. Or Finnish, yeah. whatever, whatever she yeah. speaks. She's from the Netherlands. So she's actually yeah. from, I believe, New Amsterdam. Um, yeah. So I. So in this shot, the carolers are standing in the driveway. Correct. Or, or is it a walking path or a driveway? This is a driveway. Okay, perfect. Because it looks like a driveway. Right. I didn't want to so miss the carolers, So the carolers should be right here in the shot. Again, this is right after Chucky, you know, um, opens the door. And then it's yeah. going to switch back to this shot of Chucky. And then he's going to close the door. And then we're going to mm -hmm. cut to this shot again. And then we're going to get rid of the door here and we're going to have Chucky running down the path to join them. Now I do need to let her know to put the stones in there okay. as well. And it wait looks... a minute, the carolers, the carolers are in the driveway. No, carolers, uh, two shots ago. The carolers should be in the, in the walkway. So two shots ago when we're looking at the driveway, hang on, where the carolers is it supposed to be a walkway yes so it should be a walkway yes so that needs to be revised right for yeah all right i'll be yeah. sure to let her know that then um and then yeah. also one thing that i think i need to let imka know because uh she it said, looks good though her yeah. rendering looks great there was yeah. one problem though look at this huge patch of snow <laughs> yeah we got to turn that into a street so uh i don't know i kind of like it being snowy like that but then when you i know it's you just my personal shot, taste though. it reminds me of 
Yeah, but I think it's easier to change that shot than the other one. So put snow on the street then? Yeah, yeah. Turn that into the walkway it should be. You know what? I got a funny idea for a gag, and it'll go back to an earlier Chuck E. Chicken cartoon that we did. Let me let me pull it up. But w- will it make sense for this story? 100%. Okay, cool. It'll be a little throwaway gag that's something that'll be... Uh... Hold on. Come on. Again, gotta love these old-ass computers. My poor little Mac here. <laughs> Running on eight gigs of memory right now. Okay, here we go. Snowplowed. Here we are. What do you have? Uh, iMac? Yeah, I got an iMac about a 15 year old computer um it was my grandma's after my grandpa passed away she gave me one of his work computers as i needed a mac and so she was very generous and gave me this so very sweet of her uh okay so let me go ahead and pull this up for you so you can see here we go let me switch here we go so I don't know if you've seen this cartoon or not called Snowplowed, but there was a, the, the concept is Chucky is trying to clean off his car and this snowplow comes in and recovers the car. So I thought that it would probably be very funny if we included the same snowplow from Snowplowed plowing away. Oh, the- yeah. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah plowing away the little the easter egg exactly yep. and my yep. uncle rob loves you know this rubber ducky because if you want here's a fun little fact by the way if you go back and watch every single chucky e. chicken cartoon from 2018 you will find a rubber ducky somewhere in the mm-hmm. cartoon you will find a rubber ducky so mm-hmm. I decided to call it the rubber ducky plowing, keeping roads squeaky clean since 1990. 1990 is the year that my brother was born, um, who plays Freddie Fox, and he Freddie Fox was driving uh, the plow in this particular mm-hmm. cartoon. So, hence I, you know, did that. So I want I think that would be a very fun thing to do to keep kind of tradition alive, and keep the Easter eggs going because we didn't do that with. Uh, Zappo lantern because it was 10 seconds long number one and number two i i think that, that it'd be good to give the snow plow a bit of an update and keep the lettering and mm-hmm. you know make it look fun yeah. and it's easy yeah, enough to animate sure. a car i think going down a, a plowy road what do you think? yeah yeah i like it i like the idea you can put in some light effects on the on the oh. You know, the lights there and after effects, yeah. pretty easy to do. Yeah. Yeah. Put the snowy and yeah. I'll I should um I should show you a few uh things I do in After Effects that you might find useful. I would love that. Um yeah. Yeah. But uh cool. Yeah, great. Cool. Uh but yeah, so and that's why I love this show because we come up with just great ideas even Oh yeah, yeah. So That's my I, favorite part. Yeah. So now our team t- gonna when I tell them, hey, we're gonna put a snowplow behind the camera, <laughs> they're gonna kill me. But now, how are you doing the snowing effects? Are you doing them in After Effects yeah. as particles? Yeah, the, yeah. The snow, the actual snow falling itself. You know, I'm not yeah. that crazy with animation. I, you know, of, of snow, we don't have an effects animator. 
So it's going to. It's easy to do in After Effects and it looks really cool. So why not? Right. Yeah. If there's a way that we can do yeah. like a tune snow on After Effects, mm -hmm. I think we could do that. Um, for fire and for other special effects, though, we're definitely going to have. Let me plug in my headphones again because I didn't plug this back in and I look like a goofball. Oh, come on. You can edit all this out, I'm sure. Or just keep mm -hmm. it in and keep the foul. The foul play, if you will, but uh, we can keep it real, man. Keep it one hundred. Keep it one hundred. Keep it at one hundred. <laughs> yeah, I'm all for authenticity. Yeah. However, uh, I do have a tendency with uh, producers without a clue to chop out, like because I I still haven't figured out screen sharing, so I'm okay. All right. All right. So I'll give you an update. My uh, my artists are. Uh, you know, every spare minute they get, they are plugging away on stuff. Uh, I had hoped to have model updates for the airship and more of the uh, environmental stuff today. Uh, but my artists had to work. Uh, I haven't been able to reach them. So the renders will be for the next episode. I'll show that off. But my rigger and modeler has fin finished... Um, conquering some of the worm stuff that we were working on yes let, let me see and got it working perfectly it does stretch and squash and uh it bends the weight painting is working very nicely and uh so the idea here as i've said before if we can make it work on a worm we can sort of Mo see how it's stretching and squashing there mm -hmm. that looks fantastic so if we yeah, so if we get it working for the worm, we can extrapolate from that and apply it to the rabbits. Right. Right? Um, because they've every part of them is going to be stretchy and squashy. They're, they're basically rubber covered in fur uh, is the style I want to go for right. with the movement. Um, so their ears are going to be – I want them to be able to do the real zany Looney Tunes uh, zip-off scream, but – a part of their body legs behind and catches up like real snappy kind of fun stuff. Right. right. So, so yeah, that's, uh, that's Matt in his, uh, latest attempt at working with the worm. And, uh, he basically got all the stretch and squash figured out individually on a, on a per segment basis. So now the challenge is applying, uh, uh, IK controllers to that uh, because no anime no animator wants to go through and move every bone right God, no. you have controllers that are assigned to certain body parts so when you move the hand the arm follows and that type of thing um, so that's what we're working on now uh, Matt's doing a great job um, I, I'm so impressed um, that is yeah that's fantastic he, like that's hard to do like cartoony yeah. cartoony physics in uh in 3d are extraordinarily hard to do so he did a fantastic job yeah and uh here you can see him really exploring that stretch and squash with you know making sure that it's wow it's not uh clipping in on itself and that type of thing and believe it or not stretch and squash only became 
easy, quote unquote, easy in 3D in like the last five years, really. Right. Um, it's always been super challenging before that mm -hmm. uh, because whenever whenever it was tried, the rigs would break and things would just go haywire. There was a, um, a Popeye special that they did in 2004 called Popeye's Voyage, The Quest for Pappy. And mm -hmm. I don't know if you've seen it or not, but it was. A, I have not. I didn't even know about it. Actually. You know what? It's it's not that well known, but it was it was made for Popeye's 75th anniversary, and it's all in CGI. Um, it's a very interesting special, just from a production mm -hmm. and just a historic history point of view. But their goal was to bring the Popeye of the 1930s into the 21st century in 3D. So with olive oil in particular, you know, they built the rig and then her arms were little bone, 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 so they could do that waviness and that, you know, rubber hose animation that made her so perfect in the cartoons. But it still didn't look great, you know? If you get a chance, yeah. It's really hard to do, and I think now they have, like, for certain software, they have plugins for stretch and squash rigging to really, you know, so you can have, like, a spectrum of the type of stretch and squash you want. Right. Um, as well, you can do it right inside the program if you're really good at rigging. Which And rigging is a whole art form. And and that goes back to me saying people should do what they're good at. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, so anyway, uh, this here is a beat board I sketched up. Uh, the part I'm storyboarding right now, I'm MC and Dusty, is uh, it's a chase sequence, but it's not a chase. It's them journeying right to the next um, area, mm -hmm. and I didn't quite know what that area should look like. Um, so I wanted to, this is like, in my mind, this is my mid shot. So the shot before this, they would come from camera, the shot, this is the next shot. They're, go, they're coming from behind and moving into the distance. And then the next shot would be, uh, somewhere over here, um, where they're entering this really majestical mountain landscape full of like mist and, and floating beds and just sort of whimsical, wow. right? So, so it should look really cool when it's modeled in 3D. Um, uh, but that's, that's all I have for update this week, which sort of is a segue into what I wanted to take my time to talk about. All right, well, let's talk. You, let's, okay. you were, let me, yes. I got to turn off the screen sharing first. Uh, stop sharing. Okay. So just so you know. Back to normal. Yeah. Just so you know, I also did order myself some dinner. So if there's a knock at the door, I got to grab it real quick. It shouldn't. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Cool. Go ahead. So yeah. Eric... anytime you've got to get up, just let me know and I'll just edit it. Right. Right. All right. Go ahead. So, and air, anyway. Air off that dirty laundry, pal. What you got? Okay, so I wanted to take a moment and talk about a very real thing, at least a real thing from my perspective uh, that I deal with, uh, which is an ongoing battle with uh, mental health. Okay. Okay. So I have 
a history of depression and uh, social anxiety and general anxiety disorder. Uh, those three things have have always been the the naysayer on my shoulder versus my ambition and drive, which is like the you can do it, go for it on my other the shoulder. The angel and the devil, yeah. Yeah, unfortunately, the naysayers or the devil, as you put it, which, you know, it's great. I, I picture Kronk side <laughs> from... Uh, uh, they they tend to win out more often than uh, I'd like to admit. And uh, it's been a rough couple weeks uh, for me because I'm also dealing with uh, some health things uh, in regards to my weight. And I'm going to uh, I'm going through a process right now to help me get back on track to take my life back and and that type of thing. And I don't want to go into that too much, but it's all it's all wrapped up. And by the way, uh, people who are in this industry who are animators should do what I did not do and try to find a way to remain active yes. as a means of keeping your weight under control, but also your mental health. Oh, yeah. I only now realize that. Unfortunately, it's I've gone way past the, the line of uh, youth and uh, that you're still okay zone, right? I've gone way past that. I, I, I disagree. I think you still look good, honestly, and I think that you are you i congratulate you number one like the fact that you're going and you're doing i know what you're doing we talked about a little bit i applaud you yeah. it's a very scary thing you know that that that's a huge like undertaking for anybody um so i applaud you for it and i i think that if that's what you got to do to get yourself back in into a peak physical condition and you can you know i i wish i could do that to be honest with you i wish i could I mean, for me, it's just like working out and going and doing. I'm still 31, so I still have that metabolism. I guess they say that you should have a 31. Um, yeah. But I applaud you, man. So don't ever let anyone take that away from you. But yeah. Um, well, what what I was faced with yesterday, mm -hmm. uh, as I met with my doctors and uh, went to the hospital and met with the team and stuff, is I didn't realize. I didn't realize that what obesity was. Um, I don't think a lot of people really, I think most people just think, go work out more and stop eating so much, you friggin' idiot. Right. Uh, that's certainly what the old school logic and uh, thing is. However, and I thought that too. Mm -hmm. uh, and I've, I mean, the the amount of self-hate or shame that lives within me uh, is incredible because of all that. But as it relates to what we're talking about on this episode, as a creative person, it can be like a dark, or it can be like a wet blanket on a fire, okay? The fire being my desire to create, produce, oh, yeah. all that kind of stuff. Oh, yeah, 100%. And, and uh, that's what's been happening the last, uh, say, three weeks, three, four weeks, mm -hmm. three weeks, mostly three weeks, uh, as my doctor's appointment loomed and the, the day came. And then after yesterday, very emotional day. 
Um, what wasn't able to bring my wife with me uh, because of COVID limitations sure. and that type of thing. Uh, so it was something I had to go through By on my own in the moment. And to be honest, uh, as a person with social anxiety and general anxiety, uh, that's not ideal. Um, and so trying to be a creative person when you have mental health issues can be such a struggle. And on top of that, according to what I was assessed at yesterday, um, unofficially, I have strong indicators to, of ADHD. Uh, so, you know, it's kind of a miracle that I can, I can create anything, really, because <laughs> I've, I've never felt so, driving home yesterday, I, I never felt so broken and just like my, my whole perspective on who I thought I, I was and had to be and that type of, everything was different on the drive home. And it still is today. Like I'm still, it, it's a, it's a hard thing, and it's a really, um, it's it's really hard. I I just keep saying it. it's really hard to maintain a creative drive uh, when because everything creative comes out of your mind, right? right? Mind hurts. I was just about to really, say, you're right. Really, yeah. it's your mind. Yeah. Um. So these things that I wrestle with and maybe other creatives do as well. And if you do, please comment and share strategies of how you deal with it. Oh, I, uh, because yeah. I, I always look to other people for inspiration. Yeah. Um, you know, I've been humbled enough times to know that uh, I am I'm not as great as I once thought I was. <laughs> and uh, I'm grateful for that. <laughs> Hey, I'm I'm extremely grateful for it uh, <laughs> because it's uh, I believe in living in tr in the truth as best you can. Yeah. Because like you said, when you're truthful, you grow. Yeah. Right. So I'm trying to be very truthful right now without without really giving away too much privacy stuff. Um, so it's a little bring tricky. the mood down, Brian. <laughs> yeah, I I know, but I I just. I feel like it's important because as producers, when we bring people in, and I use that term very loosely as producers, as I should be saying as independent producers, which means uh, we're doing everything on our own and not under any kind of like uh, authenticated uh, Hollywood process. Yeah, we're right? Creative, we're creative leaders is what we are. As creative yeah. leaders, we have to be, I, 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 I don't mean to steal your thunder, but I'm going to, so bear with me here. Okay. Um, we need to be able to be on our game to be able to tell our team what we're, this is what it. we're vision. Yeah. If we're not in that peak condition, you know, our projects are going to fail 100% of the time. And to be yeah. honest with you, Brian, or stall it, right. You to know. be honest with you, I've been feeling the same way too for the past couple of weeks. I recently started moving my operation over to my downtown studio um, just because I, I thought that maybe if I went down there, 
that mm-hmm. I mean uh, to work on TV Paint. Like I wanted to learn how to do TV Paint. Yeah. I don't have a PC at at home. I have a Mac at home, and I have my PC at the at the studio. So I went. I've been working there the past couple of weeks, and it's in this building that was built in the '40s. And my particular office does not have any windows, and it you're in this space. You go in and it's light. You go, you walk out and it's complete black and darkness. When by the time you're done during the day, and there were moments this past week where I literally, I would sit down at my desk. I had a plan of what I wanted to do. I just couldn't do it. I, I felt yeah. like aches and pains. I felt like, what's the point? Like. Yeah. Where and, and also it was right after I got the comment from uh, whoever his name was about the the video. My I lost like five subscribers in one day or like around a couple of days, so that was kind of getting me down a little bit. Um, I was I you know there's been a lot and as a you know living out here by myself, I have no family. I don't really I mean my only friend that I have out here is Aaron. I'm single. Um, and that sucks <laughs> in a COVID world. I am overweight, yeah. you know. I am trying my best to to lose weight, but that's you know, it's not just a physical struggle; it's a mental struggle, it's a emotional struggle. It's a- well, I know for a fact since COVID started, um, I was already I was heavy before, mm-hmm. but since COVID started, um, I've I've gained enough weight that I'm the heaviest I've ever been. Yeah. And uh, the it, it's a perpetuating, not to turn this into a health podcast, but it is related to our ability to create because it all comes from that desire, that, that, that flame inside you that you need to, oh, yeah, I'm going to do this. It's going to be awesome. Yeah. But when your brain starts lying to you and telling you you're worthless, what's the point? It's going to fail. Don't even try. Nobody cares. Just these lies, right? And it, it can just be like splashing water on that fire. Exactly. And it can, it can be almost impossible to get it reignited again. Like you got to let the coals dry out right. before they'll take another match. And, and that that's sort for, of— yeah. That's been where I'm at right now, you know. I will say, and yeah, it's hard. I will say this: the the only other time that I felt this way or felt how you're feeling right now was five years ago. Uh, five years ago, I think was kind of the pinnacle for like the way that Chucky is today stems mm-hmm. from the redesign that I did five years ago. That was when Chelsea Chicken was officially born because back then she was Helen Hen. Um, I designed her after a girl that I was seeing at the time. Horrible breakup. Um, To make matters worse, she even did the voice for Chelsea for the cartoon that I was working on at the time. I didn't feel comfortable using any of that stuff. Still don't Mm. to this day. Garbage stuff and i stepped away from i almost threw it away entirely because it was like every time i looked at that i just got those you're never going to see her again vibes you got those why do you even keep this chicken around 
nobody wants it. And then to compound those feelings, that was when Cuphead came out. That was when Bendy and the Ink Machine came out and started to get popular. Two IPs that are based in my world of the 1930s cartoons. And that just almost completely doused it where it's like, what's the point? They beat you. They got yeah. your idea out before you did. Don't even bother. And yeah. I was distraught. I was just absolutely done. And I don't know what the heck happened where just all of a sudden this fire inside me just kind of this little spark was like, no, you're not done. Chucky's nothing like Cuphead. Chucky's nothing like Bendy. God gave that to yeah. you. And I, I'm a very spiritual guy. You know, I, a lot of, I, I give a lot of credit to God for what he's done for me personally. I don't know where you stand on, you know, on the, on the, you know, if, if it's religion or on the spiritual plane, but for me, go ahead. If whatever, you know, if, I I'm spiritual, but I'm not organized religion. Neither am I. I for me, it's a relig yeah. It's a relationship. It's not a religion. So anything I yeah, do, I, I think, yeah, it's between me and him. Oh, uh, yeah. You know, never talk about politics. And religion, <laughs> right. <laughs> but I, but I think it's important to give credit where credit is due. If you think you if if credit goes to your mother, you thank your mother. If credit goes to your so, friend, you give your friend. And if credit goes to the Lord, you give credit to the Lord. And that's what I, I remember quite often um, during my time at uh, Disney Interactive when I would either create, pitch, or come up with an idea that on my way home, I would be thinking, how did I do that? And those moments, I... I can't figure it out. How, how, how did I do that? Therefore, it had to have come from somewhere, right? You know, because I don't know if I could even recreate it. It was just something that happened, and there were a lot of moments like that because uh, I don't know if it's pressure under fire or whatever. But you know, uh, the call was put out, and I met what the expectation was. And, uh, again, that situation for a person with anxiety issues, not the best. Oh, yeah. Right? Because when you have anxiety, you don't want to be called on in class, right? If you're the little kid in class, you don't want to be called on for the answer. You just want to sit there and do the work and wait for the bell to ring and leave. Right. Right? <laughs> so, uh, so in moments of being pushed beyond anything that you thought you could create or do mm -hmm. within your, your art form, mm -hmm. and you, not only do you do it, but you do it at a level that just wows people, mm -hmm. yes, you have to give credit where credit is due, and it has to come from somewhere beyond yourself. Right. You and, know? you know, just as recently as a couple of months ago, um, when I first presented Chucky to Tom Ruger, um, he loved the idea that I told him about Chucky Chicken being an actor, about him mm -hmm. being able to retell shorts, uh, short stories or parodies of movies or things like that. Um, he loved the idea of like the trio, like he like the the story that I pitched him and the characters that I pitched him, 
He loved to death. But when he read the concept packet that I presented to him, he flat out told me, this is not what you told me. This is something mm -hmm. completely different. You need to make a packet that explains what you just shared with me. Because what you just told me is infinitely better than what's on this packet here. So you need to go yeah. back. You need to fix it. And he gave me a month. He gave me a month to, yeah. to, to fix it. And it was around Halloween time. I'll never forget it. It was the most degrading. It was the most humiliating. It was internally, you know. Mm -hmm. And it was like killing your baby pretty much because like you have all these ideas and you think what am i gonna do like how am i gonna get rid of these characters that i've spent years with how am i gonna alter them how am i gonna fix them and then as time kind of got closer closer to the deadline you're thinking oh my god what i'm gonna do but then yeah you know watching a lot of looney tunes and watching a lot of like behind the scenes stuff and then the one thing that i was always told was keep it simple you know mm -hmm. And then reading over my my thing again and just coming to the realization like, you know what, a lot of it is is way too complex for the kind of stories that I want to tell. It became yeah. easier. And then, um, you know, having a basis, a, a, an outline to work off of, you know, I went online and I found an idea of what a, a good concept Bible should look like. And I took it and I copied and pasted the Chuck E. Chicken stuff into that formula. I was able to alter it a little bit, you know, instead of saying, you know, uh, just the character description, but I put underneath it, you know, how they could be cast in different roles. Um, and I showed it to Tom and he loved it. And he's mm -hmm. like, this is perfect. This is exactly. And he's the kind of guy he's very, he, he told me recently, um, the more you talk with me, you may end up hating me because I'm very meticulous with my words. <laughs> and I'm like, uh, I'm like, Tom, I, so, I could never hate you. <laughs> so I am in the process of booking him as a guest on Drawn to It uh, podcast. He has agreed to do it. Just ask me when. And I'm working that out with him now. So I'm looking forward to that. He's a very, very sweet guy. Very, very yeah. cool guy. Um, yeah. He um, but, He's uh, very particular with his words. Um, mm -hmm. You know, make him laugh and you'll have him on your side. Um, he's, he's, you know, he's so funny. Cause I, t I, I, I tell him this every time I talk to him, like, dude, you created my childhood. Like I owe you so much. And he's like, I'm just a regular guy, dude. I, it was just my job. I'm thankful that you love my work, but I put on my pants the same way you do. So don't even worry yeah. about that. Just, you know, let's make a good show. And yeah. at first I was, but anyway, to kind of get back to what we were talking about, it is so hard it, you know, and weight does play an issue with that as well. I mean, it's something that I struggle with. I'm well, it all boils down to self-esteem and your idea of your self-worth. Right. And I was brought up. Um, I for, troubled childhood uh, mentally. A lot, lot of mental stuff that uh, I thought when I was in my 20s, and I, I was in such a great state mentally because I had that I was just all full of piss and vinegar, you know, and ego. My ego drowned out the, the voices, the demons in my head. 
But my ego was a lie because it made me think I was better than what I was. I deserve more than I did, that type of thing. And as life taught me the truth of that mm -hmm. through failure and, you know, licking my wounds and that type of thing, um, all of a sudden I didn't have that noise drowning out the real voices or not voices, but the real demons. You know, thought, yeah, the thoughts that, yeah. that I really had about myself and that I've realized have always been there my, my whole life. Mm -hmm. And these things are, it's very important if you're a creative person and you deal with mental health, uh, get help for it. I'm only just beginning my journey mm -hmm. on that. So even before the weight loss stuff, I have to go through a whole year of therapy and there's a whole journey in front of me. Sure. But it will make me a better person, mm -hmm. better father, better husband, um, a better, hopefully a better creator, uh, somebody who can uh, be more consistent and um, do things that are well, just beyond what I'm capable of right now because of my fire constantly being doused with, you know, the, the demons and my whispering, you're worthless in one ear, right? right. It makes you feel that way. Yeah. And so you get like, well, what's the point, right? And that, and the point um, is to make sure that although it goes in one ear, you got to make sure to push it out the other ear. And that's tough, yeah. you know? And so this circles back around, <laughs> to, you know, when you're when you're somebody who is trying to lead a team, that there are people on that team that may have the same thing. I will say this. I think it's important to communicate that you have those issues. Like if I didn't know that about yeah. you um, and, you know, and what you go through, um, you know, I, I still would have liked you as a person. You are an amazing person, you know, in general. Um, but now that I, I know that, it's like, okay, I just want to help you even more. And I want to continue to get to know you and continue, you know, to, to, to do this with you, if that makes sense, you know? Uh, yeah, well, I, I appreciate that. I, but also, I just want to note I'm I'm not bringing this up as a, uh, I want a pity party. No, type no, thing. no, 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 I, no, 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 no. I'm bringing it up because I legitimately feel oh. that there are many creatives out there who have a hard time getting past their own insecurities right. that are constantly being whispered to them right. in their head that they're not good enough. They're worthless. Right. That, they're, they're fat. They're ugly, whatever. Right. And, and gets, it feeds. And that is yeah. the point where it's like, you have that team of people that are not just working with you on the content, yes. but also the yes. people around you who are going, listen, man, don't listen to those voices. Cause if it were not, I will, I will be honest with you right now. If it weren't for people like you or Aaron Barogan or Rebecca Rodriguez, uh, who are like my main people that are spearheading the Chucky chicken project. And, you know, mm -hmm. I would not be here today. I would not be working. Yeah. I would not be where I am. Um, I would have given up a long, long time ago. Um, yeah, we we draw we draw strength from people who, right. um, you know, have have it to spare, so to speak. And you, and for example, today when we were dealing with that um, artist who was, you know, the good enough, good enough guy. I'm just gonna put it that way. I struggle with 
I struggle with confrontation because I know as a producer, I, I deal with it. I know I'm going to have to be the mm -hmm. bad guy. I know I'm going to have to be the hard ass to say, I don't care what you think you did. It's not what is working for the project. You need to go back and fix it. I'm yeah. a very, but you have to filter that <laughs> through. And, and there are moments where I get, Oh, hold on one second. Don't go. Yeah. Go for it, man. Sponsored by Jimmy John's Freaky Fast. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, free shout out. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like a dope. Right on. Go to jimmyjohns.com slash producers without a clue and get $5 off your next order. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Quick side tangent. My mom actually works. producers without a clue, not officially sponsored by Jimmy John's. Have your daughter record that later. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, fun, fun story real quick. You, you can decide whether you're going to use this or not, but my mom actually worked at the very first Jimmy John's. Oh, cool. Yeah. So see, we don't have that in Canada. Jimmy John's. You don't have a lot of stuff in Canada. And by the way, you're in, yeah. you are in uh, New Brunswick. New Brunswick. I yeah. Googled where you are. Do you know that it is ridiculously cold where you are? Uh, actually, not this year compared to other years. Like, we still don't have snow. Actually, we don't either, but. Yeah. No, our, our weather for New Brunswick mm -hmm. is pretty on par to what New York is mm -hmm. um, in all seasons. Um yeah, but you're like, it's always it's always funny. Americans are like, "Oh, what do you live in igloos?" Well, maybe if you go to a Inuit <laughs> village at the extreme north, right? Otherwise, we have roads and buildings and cars, and you know what? We got Wi-Fi too. And, you know, and like horses. It's, it's just you got the Mounties. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. So, I mean, it, 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 Eskimos, what do they got? Freaking penguins and polar bears? Yeah. Oh, you can't say, don't say Eskimos. Oh, you're not supposed to say Eskimos anymore? Uh, no, I I, uh, I was only just told that, and it was in passing. Uh-huh. Um, so I, for, I can't remember the description as to the, like, the history behind it, okay. why it's degrading in that my goodness i just know i believed it at the time and so yeah all right well i will not i to be honest i don't even i don't even know if inuit is the right word uh we tend to say first nations here for all uh, uh like first nation people they were they were here first it, yeah you know indigenous communities. Um, indigenous communities yeah. and yeah yeah uh, but, but anyway yeah um so as we were talking about, like, it is so important to have that group of people. Oh, to get back to my point, when I, so for me, it's so difficult when someone says like, you know, I can't do this, you know, or I'm not going to do this. I don't think this is important. 
And for me, it's, you know, it registers in my brain just so people kind of get an idea. Because, you know, with somebody, I don't know if this is an inferiority complex. I don't know what this is. But in my brain, if somebody says that, if I say, hey, I need you to please do this. And they say, I'm not going to do this. For me, it's they disrespect you. They don't want to do it. Get rid of them, you know. And that's not the right mindset to have. So I have to fight that. And I have to fight me wanting to fight back because I'm so. Well, to a certain degree, you have to fight it. Right. If they're just not willing to play with the team, Mm -hmm. then yes, you got to cut ties. Right. Which was not the case with this person because it was for them, it was a no, it's not that I don't want to do it. It's just, you know, I, I don't think we need to. You know, I want Chucky to be successful, but I think that, you know. So the fact that you and Aaron and everyone else jumped in for me and said exactly what I wanted to say, where it's like, no, we need to take our time. We need to go back. We need to make it right. It doesn't look right. Not that it doesn't look good. It didn't look Mm -hmm. right. That's the key. It's not that it wasn't good. It wasn't right. You know, it was like it was like putting uh, the Flintstones background uh, and the Family Guy characters or um, and that's not a good example. Uh, (laughs) um, It was like putting Tom and Jerry in Steamboat Willie. You know, it just it didn't work. It doesn't work out very well. So, you know, and that was the point that we were trying to get across. And I was trying to figure out how to say it the right way. And with me having Asperger's syndrome, sometimes it's difficult for me to read social cues or to read, right. you know, or to read, you know, situations or read how people are feeling. So I can come off yeah. like I don't care, which I overcompensate a lot, which is why I'm overly nice or I'm overly, you know, I exhausted at the end of the day because it's like, OK, people think I'm normal. Cool. <laughs> So, well, there, there again, you're, you're dealing with uh, a situation where you are constantly questioning yourself. Yeah, 100%. 100%. And it is, it is really hard. And therefore, I wanted to bring it up because uh, it is, I believe it's very important to try to, uh, with discretion, mm-hmm. find people who maybe have similar issues that might be working with you in collaboration Mm -hmm. so that you can manage them accordingly and with empathy. I'm not going to name any names, but I do know that one person on the team actually did come to me and said um, before they knew that they also have Asperger's syndrome. And Mm -hmm. I told that person, oh, my God, me too. And they're like, no way. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> and ever since then, this this individual who who actually, by the way, he um, he helped tremendously with the last cartoon. He's just been a a, a star uh, with Chucky mm-hmm. Chicken. He's so proud to be a part of it. I'm proud to have him on board. Um, you know, he also deals with uh, criticism. He doesn't like criticism. He he takes it wrong. And so I have to go back and be like, hey, listen you're doing a great job, you know, we'll work on it together. We'll fix it together so it can be the best that it can be. So when I find that, you know, when I find out that people are also dealing with that stuff, or for example, if they have, um, you know, uh, an abusive 
family or if they have, you know, health issues or if they have, you know, issues because everybody's got something. There is no such thing as a hundred percent, you know, the most beautiful woman in the world could be dealing with, uh, you know, issues uh, that we that we as ugly people will never understand. You know, (laughs) it's same thing with that beautiful person. They will, you know, we'll be dealing with issues that they will never understand. Like they, you know, um, so we're not perfect. There's, there's no such thing as a neuro perfect person. We are all neuro, you know, neural atypical, um, some more than others, but that's okay. Um, and I think once we learn, that's why they call it a a spectrum, mental spectrum. There are, Mm -hmm. There are issues from green is go to red is stop, right? And it's oh yeah, and it's just uh, our understanding of mental health as as we increase that, the spectrum grows like this. I will say, I'm, you know? yeah, I'm, I'll tell this personal story. Um, your choice if you want to put it on the podcast or not. But when I was 18 years old, I was first diagnosed with Asperger's syndrome. I was misdiagnosed with ADHD with ADD. Mm -hmm. I was a Ritalin kid. Um, Mm -hmm. We didn't know what Ritalin did to you at the time. Um, We just knew. So they tried to curb my enthusiasm. They failed miserably, as you can see. Um, Mm -hmm. But when I was in junior year of high school, I had suicidal thoughts. I didn't want to be here anymore. I was picked on a lot. I went to military school. So Mm -hmm. I was brought into the counselor's office and they said, you need to go get help. And they diagnosed me with Asperger's syndrome. And I'll never forget my first appointment with my psychiatrist. Um, they, um, my parents went in with me and my dad was very skeptical. And he said, you know, doctor, you know, if, if this is a thing that has been around for so long, what happened to all the people that had this 50 years ago and didn't get caught? What happened? They're in jail yeah. or they're, they're dead or, you know, they didn't get the help that they needed. But now we know now we're evolving. Now we're getting it more aware and we're helping them. And mm-hmm. just in the past 13 years, 14 years that I've been diagnosed with this, the advocation for mental health and the awareness of it and the acceptance of it and saying, you know, I dated a girl who was a BCBA specialist for two years. She went out of her way to make sure that she knew that I was perfect the way I am. And if Mm -hmm. I want to get better, it's always there, but I don't need Mm -hmm. to because there is, there's nothing wrong with me. I was just wired a different way than most people. And that's what be yeah. special. And, you know, it was because of her that I, you know, wanted to become a better person. I started to learn more about social issues. I started to learn more about, you know, uh, political correctness. And I started to censor myself. Um, I learned about the power of words and how they can hurt. Um, what words mm-hmm. you're not supposed to say anymore, you know. Um, like, for example, Eskimos. I didn't know you're not supposed to say that, you know. Um, just, so take it from somebody, by the way, do, do some research on that. Don't just take my, 
quick blurb about it because you know it's yeah i could be wrong out of my mind wrong on it but i'm pretty sure that's the situation and i feel bad that i don't remember what the person explained to me well you can ask that Uh, person so yeah people google it yeah yeah Yeah. but uh as you're talking about this person that that helped you uh I didn't want to do this, but uh, come on out <laughs> behind the no. <laughs> if she's there, oh my god, I'm just gonna like die right here. You did that to me last time on my interview too. <laughs> um, I just have all of your past. Yes, you do. Behind the curtain. Yeah. Well, I need to get me a curtain. No. So, yeah. um, but no, um, I know exactly what you're going through, and the only thing that I can say is first of all, keep going. Um, like you said, they are only temporary voices that are telling you like if you li- the, oh, the only time that you truly fail is if you stop, if you stop trying, if you give That's into right. those voices and if you let them win, then you fail. But the minute that yep. you, you know, and even then there's still a chance for redemption, you know, less Browns, perfect uh the most amazing motivational speaker he says when i die you know i always imagine if you know the worst thing that could possible possibly be happened to you is on your deathbed you look at the foot of your bed and you look and you see all the ghosts of all the ideas and all the dreams and everything that you had in life and they looking at you and they're angry at you and they're saying we came to you you could have you know we were given to you and now we get to go into the ground together, you know, because mm. you didn't act on what you wanted to do. And thank mm. God I have Asperger's syndrome because I have no filter. So I could spit out all the ideas that I want, and I know they're going to get out into the universe somehow. Whether I make them or not, they're going to be put out in the universe. And if that's, that's Cuphead, awesome. if it's Bendy in the Ink Machine, or if it's Chucky e. Chicken, what have me, the, the fact that the 1930s animation is celebrated again today and there's mm-hmm. a, a widespread acceptance of it, and people want it again. It gave me the opportunity to go, okay, here's what they did in the 30s with ethnicities and with people of diversity. What if we flipped it on its head and did it the right way today? Instead of putting, mm-hmm. you know, uh, a Chinese guy in a rice hat with slanty eyes and giant teeth, why don't we make him a chipmunk? You know, why don't we give him a little more dignity? Um, you know, why don't we take these stere- you know, these stereotypes and unstereotype them? That's that yeah. was the kicker. Yeah. And then also the wokeness, you know, instead of Chucky always being the hero, let Chelsea be the hero. You know, let her have her say. And let the girl let there be some girl power in there as well. Not only let, but celebrate. Exactly. You know. I we just had a moment right here in our house where my wife just got a major promotion at work that is life-changing Congrats for her. all of us yeah and you seem a lot happier <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah so i i mean she has just set uh a, a position of being a role model for my my two daughters who uh, one of my, one of my daughters is 19. She's always looking for uh, female role models who are, you know, women taking charge and going after their dreams and shaking things up and making big, big movements in the world today. 
Well, her own mother just did that by example, worked very hard over the past uh, five years since we moved here to get this promotion. And um, I, it, it was just amazing to witness, you know, and uh, a job that probably 10 years ago, pre-super woke time, would probably have been given to a man, maybe not necessarily, but in my town, St. Saint, Saint John is not super woke. woke. I mean, there's... There's yeah, not, there's there, not there's, people riding in the back of the bus, but it ain't exactly the most welcoming. <laughs> yeah, it's, you know, there's a lot of old school thinking here. Right. And um, so it's fantastic. That and is fantastic. I, 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 think, um, I think there are different types of heroes than, um, you know, Indiana Jones. Oh, yeah. Who I love. It's fantastic. But uh, I, mean, I also love... The hero of like the the single mom making it work too. Oh yeah. Or you know uh, uh, any kind of story that is uh, underdog fights through uh, conflict and obstacles and achieves. I'm a sucker for. Why do you think my hero's uh, a chicken? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. yeah so, I mean, talk about anyway. the ultimate underdog. And, you know, it's funny you say that because we have the honor of having the voice of Miss Marvel as the voice of Chelsea Chicken, which, mm. you know, I, I, I've spoken with Shanta a couple of times already, and she is just the most amazing woman, you know, just an amazing comic and amazing talent. And um, when I presented to her the, the show, um, I, I said, I, I'd really love for you to play Chelsea. And she was reading it, and she said, why does she have to have an accent? I said, well, mm -hmm. you know, I want it to be a realistic character. I want it to be a believable character. She's like, you know, you don't want, I don't want to, you know, a character can't be believable and be ethnic without having an accent. You know that, right? And then I said, oh, mm. you're right. And she said, do you mind? if I try playing it with a light accent or with no accent. And I said, absolutely. 100%. Go for it. Let's try it. Cause the last thing I want to do is have another Apu on my hands. And that's, mm. that's what I probably have been going for. And, um, because I let her do that, the, she is gravitated to the character in more ways than I ever possibly could. Like, she's like, can I tell people that I'm working on this? I'm like, yes, please, please do. You know, she has accepted and taken Chelsea and just mm -hmm. ran with her. And Chucky's got his own Twitter page. And so she, you know, commented that she was Chelsea. And Chucky commented on Chelsea. And just a very sweet, she's a, she's one of my heroes, you know. Yeah. Um, I, I, I think that she helped bring a a liveliness and a believability to Chelsea that not many people had been able to do in the past. Um, mm -hmm. Maybe because I didn't let them because I was so headstrong at first, but now that I'm more open to it being, you know, a, a character, she knows how to turn her into a heroine, into a hero. Yeah. And that's, yeah. that's what I want. 
So yeah, I've super cool. Yeah. Super cool. Well, um, yeah, well, I think we'll end it there. Okay. Do you want, do you uh, that, you want to plug? that was a lot. Well, I think I'm running out of room on my uh, video card. Uh oh. Okay. Uh, yeah. We're, so we're that, approaching three hours here. Ooh. Yeah. So, yeah. All right, well, so we'll, we'll, I really enjoyed this, Michael. Oh, Thank you. I enjoy every time. We need to continue to make these weekly. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Before we go, please leave your comments down below. What do you think of everything that we've talked about today? Do you struggle with mental health issues? What are some things as a creator with mental issues that you do? to mm -hmm. uh you know help you get through creative block or creative struggle do you go and visit childhood homes like i do do you go back and revisit projects that you have i do that too yeah um i do that all the time dude yeah like if i can i'll go to like a park that i used to go to when i was a kid or i'll yeah. go to buildings that i used to go to when i, I was wonder a kid. what that is wow yeah um, I thought I was the only one that <laughs> No, because it's like when you're in that space, you think like you did yeah. when you were a kid and memories start to come back yeah. and things just kind of pop into your head. Like today, me and Aaron were talking about a concept that I haven't thought about in probably 15 years for a fantasy story that we're probably going to try and do. So that was exciting. Yeah. Um, let us know down below what you think of everything we've talked about today. Um, you know, what are you looking forward to with Mimsy and Dusty? What are you looking forward to with Chucky Chicken? If you haven't done so already, please go and like this video if you like it. Uh, subscribe to our channel here. Go subscribe to Chucky Chicken. Subscribe to Valley Studios. Subscribe to Brian. Uh, check out the Drawn to It podcast. Uh, they got a really great uh, group of uh, guests on this week. Um, the, uh, I believe your last guest that you had on was the animator of Lumiere and Miko, uh, for Disney. I forget his name, Nick. Uh, yeah, Nick Ranieri. Nick we had Nick Ranieri on, um, and just came out Monday with, uh, uh, Disneyland illustrator, yes. Eric Scales. Yes. And, uh, his work is amazing. I love his work. I love um, his work too. And I need to talk with him because he's made some of my favorite pieces. You need to put me in contact with that man. I need to learn. Okay. <laughs> okay. I can tell you, I can tell you one thing. He, he is not what he's well past the working for free stuff, I think. <laughs> uh, but, uh, uh, I just bow down to his work. So great. Go. And his story is awesome. Cause he's, uh, he, he's not really self-taught, but he he never believed that he was uh, like the strongest, but he just kept doing it. Yeah. You know, he had that Rocky Balboa kind of just keep grinding and, that's, and that's he got to that level. Yeah. And that's the same yeah. thing that we got to do as artists. Just keep going. Yeah. Um, let us yeah. know what you think of everything we talked about today, either technical, uh, inspirational, whatever you're feeling, whatever you want to hear. Let us know in those comments down below. What do you want to learn about the animation process. Do you, is there a particular part of what we do that you want to learn, whether it be character design, storyboarding, editing, um, even animating? If you want to see more, let us know in those comments down below. Be sure to share this with your family, friends, or people who want to get into animation or even people who are in the animation business and let them know to reach out to us so that way they can yell at us and tell us if we're doing something wrong. Because uh, as we state, we have no clue what we're doing, so it would be nice to get Exactly. <laughs> um, it's in the name, people. Absolutely. Check out Valley Studios on uh, Twitter. Uh, handle is Valley underscore studio. Chucky Chicken is on Twitter as well at Real Chuck Chick 08. 
Uh, he's also on Instagram as Real Chucky Chicken 08. Um, you can look up ValleyStudiosMedia.com for more information on Chucky Chicken. And very soon, Producers Without a Clue will also have a page. So I want to be sure to put that on there so you and I will talk mm -hmm. about that. Um, yep. And uh, be sure to check out Brian's stuff as well. Uh, and just for old time's sake, check out Club Penguin. Let him know what you love about that and uh, give him some yeah. love. <laughs> uh, and without a further ado, right. thank you so much. Thank you for cluing, it, cluing us in to what we're doing right. And uh, we will be sure to check in with you next time. Yes, absolutely. All right. Thank you, Mike. Thank you, Brian. All right. Bye-bye. So long. <laughs>